0: Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and down and duck them will Neo Smith, but is an anagram
1: for one.
2: <laughs> we still need to do an episode someday on Jupiter Ascending. I <sighs> would love to. Wow. There's a flying animal named Mr. Greco.
0: Why would you do this to me?
1: <laughs> hey, I go to bat for that movie. What? I still think it's wonderful. And In The for... Matrix, would you wear shorts? Fuck no No I'm just saying Cause like That's gotta be like The coolest version of you <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> this is I nice. love this is cool. me
2: Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the Matrix Trilogy. Yeah! (laughs) If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com. Or on iTunes. And now here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome into episode 117 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman. On this episode, we are discussing The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, and The Matrix Revolutions. With me today are the usual suspects, Nick Cheney and Toussaint Egan hey what's up buddy hey Hello. how you doing and what's up to you as well thanks for cutting nick off yeah why would you do that
1: what the hell
0: <laughs> sorry i guess that was just deja vu
2: that's actually good i appreciate that <laughs> that's your best intro in like the last 40 episodes don't, so
1: don't no it's good I, whether it's good or not he doesn't need to know that <laughs>
2: You are like a standard 2017 boss. Don't give any encouragement. Yeah. Don't let them think they're doing a good job. We want them to think that they're shit so we can keep paying them little money.
1: It's not fair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also with us today, making his triumphant return is Brian Turnbaugh. Hey. What is up? I am... I can't believe it's been... I haven't been here since uh, December, I think. It's yes. been a Wait, That's
3: been way too It was
2: long, before so. we hit our 100th episode, yeah. so... Yeah, no, no, no. It has been a while. That was a
0: good episode.
2: Yeah, was, that was so a good was, episode, talking about first girl episode. I love. Toussaint was rolling around on the ground laughing for some reason. Well, he finds uh,
1: sexual yeah. assault hilarious.
4: <laughs>
0: no, that wasn't it. Oh,
2: man. Nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're gonna get right into it because, uh, believe it or not, these That's episodes. Three movies. Three well, movies. and these episodes with Brian tend to sometimes. <laughs> Can I just say something? a little lengthy
1: about all three movies because I haven't watched, and I assume this is similar territory to all of us—not okay. some of us. But I haven't watched. Any of these movies in at least, like, a decade. and I Even even the first one? I guess I watched the first one probably, like, five years ago okay. or something. Whatever. That's probably But messed. I remember, <laughs> for some weird reason, that all three movies were, like, three hours. And that's not... Oh, that's bit. not the case. No. like They're they, all about they don't, two hours. Yeah, like, they're actually pretty short. I'm not saying some might not feel long at a certain point. But, like, man, did I remember the, the like, Peter Jackson epic. You see, but here's the thing. <laughs> I
2: think we lived in a different time True. ten years ago. Like, that was kind of long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could
0: say that. Yeah. <laughs> that was before... Oh, man, that was before the recent um, – Batman vs Superman. That was before B- Batman vs <laughs> Superman. More, that, was, really. that, that was before that be the meridian, what we Trump was president. <laughs> that was before Obama was president. That was before the uh, – It was great, before social
2: media. The, the, 2000s, true. the 2007 yeah. uh,
0: uh, financial crisis.
2: That was – wow. Okay, yeah. Wikipedia. That's when people still looked at code and saw pictures, so that's good. I mean, still
4: can
1: can I just what? say right now that I give the Matrix Revolution a grade of C plus plus Why do
0: you do this? Why Don't encourage
1: him.
2: The little you.
0: I'm so I'm so shook. I couldn't keep that one in. Uh, to I your guess point. Not. To your
1: point though.
3: I mean it, it, it's it's you know we, He's not
4: being serious. I He's am actually anyone. We we're,
3: we're oh, I mean we we have you, we're on a podcast and so I mean, think about it, like the, the level of um, our uh, technology Discourse. prowess you know <laughs> that we have you know with this and yet we would watch a movie that's so high tech and we're watching this and we see that they're using like discs you yeah. know like like with the hacking part like remember hey, their flip phones yeah, yeah they're knocking on a door and like I got your uh, code right the, here. Yeah, and we're the,
2: like what is this? the four <laughs> years in between the first film and the second film to fuck the main plot point from the first film oh what Oh, the use of payphones. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Sure. Well, that is completely disregarded in the second and third film. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, we'll talk about all three films as a whole, but why don't we start off just talking about The Matrix and then we'll, we'll the go The first on one. It. Yeah.
1: Not the realm.
2: No, let's okay. just start off talking about The Matrix and we'll move on from film to film and then we'll talk about all three of them together. All right. Uh, towards the end. So, the original film, which came out in 1999, uh, was written, directed by the same people who wrote and directed the first, second, and third film, which is Lana and Lily Wachowski. Are you sure it was 1999? That's what the IMDb says, and they're okay. usually not wrong about this Okay, things. I thought it was 98, but okay. That's okay. It was in that... Their summaries are usually wrong. Yes, <laughs> but usually the dates are usually <laughs> on point. So, anyways, the film came out in 1999... And not that it was thought of to not be a huge mega hit or anything like that, but it it was one of those things where this was before franchises and sequels and trilogies really became a regular thing. So this was kind of...
0: You can almost blame the Matrix for the resurgence in in trilogies. Yeah.
1: It was easily... (sighs) The franchise as a whole was the first time I can remember... Watching all three and like waiting for the next one to come out. once yeah. Once you knew of the project's existence, Which, I
0: when will say Spider-Man f- come out
1: two thousand yeah. one. Okay, because so, yeah,
0: because that is two, the the, the second yeah. oldest like. Yeah modern trilogy i can remember i mean
1: so, i won't say it's the first obviously think it's like back to the future yeah, you know raider star wars whatever i'm about. But, we, but those seem like anomalies whereas this seemed like the like sunset to start yeah.
4: if if
3: i remember of the era is that these movies were the first where like you know what we're just gonna well maybe it was actually lord of the rings where they just would bang out all three filming at the same time they started bundling Matrix, they did two and three at the same time. Yeah. I think they also did yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. There I think are, the second one, there the are, and three yeah, there the, the are same time. For me,
2: at least. And they, that was a contractual
3: issue, because they thought we would yeah. wrap
2: them all up, because it's just cheaper there, that way. There is a shocking amount of similarities between the structure of uh, the Matrix films and the Pirates, not in terms of how the actual you story they're, goes. You mean the relative quality? Not even that. How
1: Probably I personally comes view- back. Mr. Smith comes back.
2: How I personally view (laughs) the original, and then how I view the second and the third film, I feel like they follow a very similar pattern. Okay, obviously not from content, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the original film, though, comes out uh, was theoretically uh, was offered to Will Smith as a lead role. He turned it down because you know he was coming off that awesome Wild Wild West thing. So uh, Keanu stays
0: fucking up. Hmm? He stays fucking up all the time. He yeah. passed up on The Matrix because of Wild Wild West, mm-hmm. and he passed up on Django because he did. Um, no, that, because that, specifically because of film with. Well, they were to, to, to say f- naughty words in Django. Family too, friendly. So, yeah. He really?
1: stays away <laughs> from things that are not appropriate for like PG thirteen and under. Oh, we'll fuck him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like a dramatic whatever, but yeah.
2: So, anyways, in Tell the. the Tell the truth. Yeah, that wasn't his best moment. He'll say that to the architect.
1: In the the
2: Matrix, we have Keanu Reeves starring as Neo, uh, along with Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Joe Pantoliano, uh, along with Gloria Foster appearing as the Oracle, and one of my personal favorites of all time, Hugo Weaving, who uh, is Agent Smith here, in a role that really defined his career for the most part. We could pretty much say because he had nothing really going on before this.
1: The funny thing about Hugo Weaving is that it's not only is it the role that defines him, but like nobody else, in, like an average moviegoer, wouldn't actually recognize him in other movies. Like, I don't think if you ask, like, you know who Mr. Smith is, but like, that he's the same guy in The Lord of the Rings and a few other, I think, hit movies. That...
2: Well, I mean, he's had pretty big roles. I mean, playing V. The... Even though he had a mask on the whole time was a and he had big burns. Deal. Playing Red Skull, who's one of the best villains in the Marvel Again, universe, he, he had makeup, which is fine. And then yeah, you got Cl- then, you, then
0: you got Cloud Atlas, where he's he's dressed up as a nurse. However, though there's a trend here. I'm however,
2: saying. though he is definitely uh, most well known because of his voice. At least he, in, he's recognizable for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Tu
3: yeah. Wu was he in that one? He may have been a cross-dresser in that one.
1: In... Whoa. Which one?
3: Uh, well, it's Tu Fong Wu? Is no, I mean, Yeah. In,
1: oh! I think he was. Wow. Are you talking about from Julie Newmar? Yeah. No, I think that was Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes. Oh, no, no. Okay. And no. somebody else.
0: Brian, how could you confuse Hugo <laughs> Weaving with Wesley Snipes? Hey, that's a How could movie. you do
2: that?
1: No. Too long for, from no, Julie no. Newmar. Well, Everyone I'm should watch that movie. This. Yeah. It Speaking of people
2: crazy. who are known for things other than being a... A on-screen film star as Hugo Weaving is usually known for his voice and the Agent Smith performance. I just wanted to bring this up. This is totally off-topic, but I just thought about this the other day. Okay. So Andy Serkis, yep. who is obviously known for his...
1: Are you going to do the whole, like, oh, it's him and Martin Freeman? No. Okay. no, That got old really... Thank not you. F- <laughs> that's not where I was going
2: that's, with that. That's okay. old as fuck.
0: Nobody cares. That's not
2: where I was going with that. But I appreciate it. Then proceed. But... but Andy Circus, who is, is known for doing his 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 yeah. work Motion capture. Motion capture work. Yep. Obviously. Most notably with Lord of the Rings and Planet of the Apes.
1: He was yeah. also Willy and Free Willy.
2: <laughs> Anyways he Are you being fucking real right now? Okay. God. I mean he, I wouldn't put it past me. At least in my opinion, he's an absolutely fantastic performer who is becoming a somewhat um he's becoming a director and he's got some sort Ooh. of large project. On his hands. I can't remember what it is. Hmm. But I'm interested because I feel like he, for some reason, does not get the credit that he deserves. Because he's done so much for the movement from yeah. just creating computer characters to actually involving humans and in And there's them.
1: no Oscar to recognize that. It's not about because, Oscars even. It's well, just no, no, about... what no, I'm saying, like, that's... I know I'm... I guess I'm pointing to the most, like, populous thing. But let's just... Look at that! What I mean is, there's no avenue to really recognize. Like we don't think about yeah. the people except for Andy Serkis because he's made such a name for himself. Yeah, but but yeah, but I he's just, done such
2: quality work, and he's also done good work in things where he's just an actor, uh, as in the Prestige, or I don't know if it'll be any good, but he's even gotten roles like playing Ulysses Claw in the the Black Panther film, which. That's where that silly scene and he comes from. The but
1: scene with Martin. Freeman.
2: Oh, you sound. It's bitch. so
1: weird that actors are in the same scene together, <laughs> but they're playing different characters.
2: You know, I read into shit like that. So yeah. So I does do. everybody else on the internet.
4: <gasps>
2: Did you just do that? Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> Word. So, anyways, back to the Matrix. So it's gonna be
1: a long episode.
2: We knew that coming in, so that's fine. <laughs> Brian's here, we knew it. Yeah, that's we knew it right. was we gonna happen. This so th- is
1: all Brian's fault so far. Yes, it is.
2: So The Matrix comes out, it debuts, it becomes a mega hit, spawns two films mm-hmm. coming after it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um but now here we are, eighteen years later, and, and we've wow. all viewed it again. And um yeah. there is a lot to look at from this film that has changed the course of uh, film history, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. as there were multiple films in the nineties that, uh, influenced the way we are with computer graphics and just visual effects in general. Mm -hmm. Mainly the ones I always think of are this Terminator two and Jurassic park. Mm -hmm. But, uh, this was definitely a benchmark in film history, in my opinion. Uh, and it also is in other ways as it has, uh, Again, maybe this is blasphemy to some, has one of the greatest film twists of all time that happens to appear early on in the film. Yes. Um so, that being said, let's just start off and I guess we can each just give our our own thoughts on this. Toussaint yeah. is like busting at the seams, so why don't you go ahead and start us
0: off? Yeah, I mean this is this is totally within my, my purview, within the 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 scatter map, the matrix of my interests. Like because I love Cyberpunk, I love action films, I love I love all the influences that the Wachowskis pulled from in order to make this because they basically the, – the story behind them pitching The Matrix was that they re- wheeled in a an old CRTV in front of the producers, and they showed them a clip from Ghost in the Shell, and they said, we want to make that only in live action, but we want to make it How on about the own.
2: balls, though? How about the balls? Because the story is that they got the very small budget and mm-hmm. made the first scene using the whole budget and yeah. said, here's the film we want to make. Yeah. Like – they could be homeless people now. Yeah, like, man, that, that was wow. that was, yeah. that, 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 that
0: was uh, definitely a, uh, a after a, Jupiter ascending. A, <laughs> that was, no, that was a boss move um, back okay. then, and it actually paid off in their favor because that's an excellent uh, first scene. Uh, I, as as any person who counts themselves sort of as a reformed or relapsed uh fan of cyberpunk i both adore and begrudge the matrix in equal ways because this film was a benchmark for its time not only in terms of science fiction cinema and how it sort of like opened the 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 floodgates for more sort of like cerebral like storylines for a time for a brief window because Darren Aronofsky even said um in the making of uh, i think it was the tree of Fountain? The 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 fountain yeah where he said that he came out of the matrix and he says like wow I I can really make whatever the hell I want and he really did um, but uh, yeah I know um, it <laughs> opened it opened the flood floodgate to that it, it pretty much set a a standard bar um, for Hollywood action scenes for a while that there were whole films that were just apping. This same type of wire people food, are this, still
2: doing it. People are still, still doing, it but doing they do it, it.
0: ironically now. Mm-hmm. They do it. I, they do it more ironically than they do earnestly. It's like they're not trying to like re- ride that same wave of well, like look let's not pre-
1: referentiality. Let's not pretend that the Wachowskis themselves I know created this know. type of fight. Style. I know, but like they, they, but, but No, no, the, no, I'm just saying they, in a good way, they co-opted it from ha- Japanese. Uh, ha- what do you call it? Wuxia. Wuxia. Well, it's Chinese.
0: Chinese cinemas is, I'm is, is Wuxia. It was like no. It was like <laughs> it's it's uh it's Chinese Wuxia uh, yeah. Films and it's like Hong Kong cinema, yeah. like like hardboiled they, they stuff like that. Shoved
1: yeah. it down an audi- American right. audience. But,
0: but the the crucial difference is that they slowed it down and they made a pivoting camera motion, which mm-hmm. like apparently that that was that was the thing that opened it up for it. But an, another way that it it was significant is because it is in my mind the the quintessence of first wave cyberpunk that started with. Writers like Bruce Sterling and William Gibson who wrote Neuromancer and stuff for all of the best and worst reasons. Like this is the best encapsulation, the best – like the, the best visualization of sort of that era and the mindset of, of that subgenre and it's also severely, painfully dated. Dig through the ditches and burn through the witches and down and, them. and then we that was beautiful. And work. then it yeah. and then it ends <laughs> it's it, it, it's an old uh it's that's a a old, joke, don't tell it's me. It's an old family that's a white, song.
2: That's a white zombie song, I believe. That's, it is? that's a Rob zombie song. That's white oh. zombie buddy. Oh, oh okay. No. You're right. Yes, I am right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I the- I'm so embarrassed right and, now. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> this um, is and, horrible. And I, that's not, I don't even listen to that shit. I know. I is, know, and he does. Is, and then the <laughs> he end, of, an Alex. The end yeah, of it
0: yeah, is, um, this is, this is, is a song from Rage Against <laughs> the Machine, back when Rage Against the Machine was making music. Um, so, well, well, I mean, that's a little...
1: That was... It's a little...
2: I mean...
0: I, I mean, it's been a while. It's been a minute since, as a group, they were making music like that.
2: They've had a lot of internal problems. I
0: know, but like... that. I'm saying that that's like a, a time capsule of a of a period where yeah. they were where they were Where's at, the woman in the red dress they the were theater? at such a a forefront at the at the musical zeitgeist of that time mm-hmm. that they could be included as the closing song
2: they also were of the second film
0: I know it was like they yeah. could be at, at like at that time like they were still at that that sort of like they were a very
2: popular group then.
0: I know okay I, I, why don't we let
1: two speak? yes, exactly <laughs> I'm um, just saying that's not adding anything
0: so I love you. Thanks. Um, I wasn't you. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, there's a lot of people who, who who broke through because of this film, and I, I think that it, it did everything for everybody's career involved. For Hugo Weaving, um, for for Keanu Reeves, especially, um, it helped him rebrand him into like an action hero in sort of a way. Like the without Matrix, we wouldn't have John Wick. John Wick is pretty much like his 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 mm-hmm. comeback tour to sort of that, that sort of archetype of being an action hero. We have Lawrence Fishburne who then makes a makes a cameo in the second John Wick film. It's like it was a big it was a big moment for his career as well. And I know that uh Carrie Ann Moss, like she is doing big things now as well, sort of like in the role of being involved with like Netflix's like Daredevil series and like she she has other sort of roles as well. What I'm saying is that this was a boon for everybody's career involved. But what I really want to talk about in particular, before I, we, I, I pass it on, before I, I move on to anything else, this is something – this is an actor that I have to make note of because they play one of, if not my favorite character in all of cinema, and that is Gloria Foster as the Oracle. Okay, The significance of Gloria Foster as the Oracle cannot be overstated simply for the fact that every single scene that she is in, I feel like she elevates that scene. I feel like she embodies that character. I think that her candor, I feel like her demeanor, I feel like her 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 lack of bullshit. There's such a uh, a, a a gravity in there what what? Okay. Like the, 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 I get into this. Like yeah, I was like I think that her her lack of like bullshitting the actual characters and just like being straight with them, at least on some level.
2: I thought you were referring to the character, so that's why. No, I, no, the maybe the maybe side eye. The
0: well one the character itself I think is is, is, is um, I mean, are you talking about the deceptive quality about the Oracle? I was going to say it's a complicated character. It's, it's a very, it, and that's what, I, what I'm saying about that is like, but it's just like to sort of unpack that is like in the scene in in the Matrix where like Neo first meets her. Hmm? It's like in your mind, what do you think of when you think of an Oracle? You think of either an old, old crone with a cloak boiling over like a like a like cauldron, a like yeah. a cauldron like hamlet or something or mm-hmm. like about like spinning yeah. a, spinning a spindle or something yeah. like that or you think of like 300 where it's like this this, this girl who's wearing barely nothing at all. Nothing at all. Just like writhing Ooh, and, and, like po- that one. And, and possessed by the holy holy whatever like occult ghost. And meanwhile, the Matrix shows to like make the Oracle just this black woman living in public housing taking care of these bald children who can bo- be, like bend spoons, which I'm going to talk about later. She and likes she, to
2: make cookies too.
0: And she likes to make cookies and she likes to take a drag off her cigarette. And she tells you don't worry about breaking the vase. It always breaks. And that's even significant. Every single fucking line she says is important, and I just like i when when she passed away in between um
1: second the, and third in mm-hmm. the in
0: between the second and third it broke my heart and like her understudy like I know that she um she, she, uh, she performed as well and I think she does a serviceable job, but it's just it's not it's not glory it's not the <laughs> oracle it's not my oracle, and so like every time i I watch those scenes like i I am still like rewatching this series and rewatching those scenes, I am still dumbfounded by how well those scenes go on to foreshadow events and and relationships in the in, in, in the in the latter two. And like her her, her final her final line, her final on screen line where she like gives Neo like all the, the bad news about like, you know, it's like you can't look past the choices that you can't make. Like it literally breaks my heart and it and it makes me so happy at the same time where it's just like, you know, kid, I'm really sorry I had to give you this bad news. But for what it's worth, you made a believer out of me. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. and, and even that itself is important. It's it's yeah, fucking, you know she's
3: playing two chess moves ahead to, it, to put You him down made the line. a believer
0: yeah. out of me. She actually believes that this can fucking work. Oh <laughs> my god, this is incredible. So um I just wanted to I, I, I know that a lot of people when they talk about the matrix, they don't talk about Gloria in particular, so I just wanted to like um, air that out because she is one of my favorite actresses and, and roles in that film. So, yeah, I'll pass it on.
1: Nick? Uh, me? All right. Sure. Well, let's go back to a time <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, With fanny packs Aww. and tamagotchis. That's right. Well, ironically, The Matrix is a huge formative uh, film experience in my history. In the sunset. it was a the first rated R movie I watched without my parents' permission. Mine was Shaft. My cousins were babysitting me, and it was their you know choice. So I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. You know, whatever. And I think I was like nine, ten years, maybe eleven be safe but 10 or 11 years old and the movie because we were i was in another state that's how we got away with it <laughs> and the movie blew my mind so much and this was just at the time when um dvds were becoming a thing too because huh. we watched it on vhs but they were you know say that, and that a time weird time capsule in itself <laughs> transition period where vhs and dvds yeah. were coming out at the same yeah. time so we watched it on vhs And I love this movie so much that that week, my aunt took me shopping for my brother for his birthday, because it was my brother's birthday, that's why me and my brother went out there, Mm -hmm. and when she asked me what he wanted for his birthday, I (laughs) said The Matrix... (sighs) solely so that way I could watch it whenever I want like I didn't actually man think, you're, you're Homer Simpson getting oh yeah. of bowling ball no but like, <laughs> I'm not saying I've done it since or whatever but 10 year old me was like obsessed with re-watching this movie that I was like oh yeah my brother wants the Matrix on DVD so that way I and because that way it would you know obviously disguise it's in the, the household fast. then yep yeah. and then mm-hmm. so and the, and the rest was history with that movie so I watched it repeatedly I loved it um and um even the second movie came into my life in a weird time which was that i think i was like 12 or 13 so i still wasn't really at the age where i would just like watch rated r movies willy-nilly and my mother i so i was for the first full year i was going to go an f- entire year without surgery when i was 13 okay. uh, before that i had not like a you know just too many to count and so um on my birthday uh, toward which is in October, toward the end of the year. So, on accident, about a few months before my birthday, I swallowed a quarter on accident. Oh. And they had to remove it surgically. So, I, I've I heard this story before because yeah. my wife has followed a similar path. Yeah, and so I, <laughs> so I somehow randomly and accidentally uh, broke my own streak and whatever. And my mom so, felt so bad that she bought me The Matrix uh, Reloaded Reloaded on DVD. <laughs> Even though she didn't want me to have rated R movies, so like these movies have come into my life at the most weirdest and yet like formative experiences of my life.
2: That quarter went down as a hero. That's right.
1: <laughs> I was like, this is worth it. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to the first movie, it blew my mind. I never, of course, I was only ten. I never seen anything like it. Um, it. It, you know, it's weird watching it. However, so many years later, it's weird how. As much as I like it still, it is incredibly more perfunctory than I remember. There is, and I'm not even necessarily saying this as an insult, but you have to realize how good the Wachowskis are when you realize the fact that 90% of the movie is exposition. And I don't mean that in in a derogatory way, but like, even like, you know, like, um,
0: it's a big idea to wrap your head around. It's yeah. an unprecedented idea in and a lot of ways. even the
1: small ideas, which are not like grand themes, but like him learning Kung Fu and, you know, like whatever, that's literally a character has to speak and say, I know Kung Fu, like, and neither defining lines in, in this franchise. And somehow it comes off as like...
0: It got away with it.
1: One of the coolest things you've ever seen. And I, I'm still, for me, in a post, I don't know, entire trilogy world, um, I'm still of the mind that the first... 30 minutes are the best stretch of the entire film. Hmm. For me, I'm I'm never more enthralled when Neo or I should say Mr. Anderson is technically trapped in the matrix but without any uh, true explanation as to what is going on when, when
2: he's asking morpheus how can you know where i need to go within yeah. the office like that's everything he. the, the every, audience seeing it for the first time is asking the same question absolutely so, yeah.
1: and everything after he takes the pill is still great filmmaking and, you know great storytelling and all that but like i i still just don't think there's ever been a better first act in cinema like that's hmm. just how you write What with uh, trinity well, the whole just, first just yeah, yeah, I think. from the whole yeah. thing from until he truly leaves the Matrix yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Just the way that unfolds and everything. So, like, that's my big criticism of the movie. And that's, so that's the last thing I'll say against it, whatever. But mm-hmm. overall, I think it's a, it's a fascinating film, uh, no matter how outdated it seems, which it does. Like, it's kind of... Uh, It's kind of sad how mundane some of this stuff feels because of how far we've come with our dependency on technology.
0: The mark of greatness is when everything before you um, seems obsolete and everything after you bears your mark. Yeah. And in that way, I feel like The Matrix feels that. The The Matrix feels redundant for the fact of how much it's proliferated into cinema and action and not Sci-fi just
1: redundant, culture. but a part of the Matrix is very man versus machine. And I always get a little weary of media that has that message because, like, that's kind of missing. The whole other half of that debate, which I don't think like, yeah, I'm my digital footprint is everywhere. My credit card is somewhere on a cloud, my you know, whatever. And I don't give a fuck because it actually makes my life easier and it helps me cope with everyday living. So, like, you know, like I I can't always buy into like people like Morpheus just saying like we are here to fight back like man just store your fucking pin morpheus so i am i I think in in general morpheus just (laughs) use uber fuck i i'll say this just to kind of tease what i think before i pass it off but in general i think the first matrix definitely holds up i wouldn't call it perfect and i wouldn't even call it my favorite matrix film but overall it's 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 still great yeah so, <clears throat>
2: I will take the baton and move on. Uh, this is in my top 50 of all time. I, for sure, have been the one who, who has been spearheading us doing this episode at some point. Yeah. Specifically because of the first film, because I, I like it so much. Um, this film falls right in line with, with films, uh, for me, that have large twists uh, and still hold up, like Fight Club or The Usual Suspects. Um, that I've just never been able to get past how awesome it is that it can do something like that in a film. Uh, For me, though, personally, the reason why uh, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of The Matrix is because I feel like that the enormous twist that comes 30 minutes into the film, A, happens early in the film, which almost any film that has a major twist comes in the third act, where this film does it, going from Act 1 to Act 2. In addition, uh, this is so thematically relevant to the rest of the story that goes on throughout the first film and the rest of the trilogy, actually, with the twist involved, as you are the audience sitting in Neo's shoes through the first 30 minutes, and you are following the lead character along throughout the rest of the film. And I just... Even to this day, obviously with the twists being revealed and now not being the same, find it fascinating as, as the film goes along. Well, the reason
1: why that that first act, as I was just saying, is like my favorite, and it still works even when you know everything about it, mm-hmm. is that. When you take away the twist of not knowing, then you just see it as this uh, crisis of faith versus you know believing and non believing because mm-hmm. when uh, Neo has to like answer his call from Morpheus to escape the agent like that he literally has to take a leap of faith. <laughs> Otherwise, he won't, you know, get out, and it, so it still all works. I, mean, I would
3: argue, I would add on to this, is that somehow they were able to uh, thread the needle on this. To your point, Alex, is not only was it the twist; the twist was something that rode on the uh, the heels of the Joseph Campbell archetype of the hero's journey, which is the refusal of the call. I mean, you ch- you look at this first movie, it checks every box, just like it did for Anakin, just like it does for Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. every other... So it has all of those qualities, and the mythology is tight. It still works. And so and, and the fact that they were able to line up the twist and the refusal of the call, I think that's what make, has that incredible resonance that you speak of. Mm-hmm how
0: you 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 said that this is in your top fifty yeah how I'm trying to use a use a different word, but how fucking precious is it to be able to it's pretty precious to be able to have seen this film and to not have had the 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 twist spoiled for you to have to to have that initial impression because there's a whole generation of kids that might know what the matrix is before they even know what the Matrix yeah. is as a film because they've they've gleaned it from other stuff. It's the same thing with Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's yeah. father. It's literally in fucking children's yeah. books. It's uh, literally like uh, like how precious is that no, to be I able mean, to have that.
2: The 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 idea of seeing the Matrix for the first time and not knowing anything about it makes it completely it it's it's like when I and I mentioned Fight Club already. Yeah. I saw that before, knowing the twist, and yeah. that was one of those things where it <laughs> blew my mind, because it's like, wait a minute, that's the same person? Holy fuck. Yeah. Sorry the- for anybody who hasn't seen that. The- um, no, it, it's, it's... To me, it's a large part of it, and it makes the first film... It, it, it has a nostalgia factor, mm-hmm. because it's... You watch it, and you will never watch it like you watched it for the first time. Exactly.
0: It's one of those films. Like, this is a film... That has become so indelible... From the bedrock of contemporary cinema that its terminology and imagery have been co-opted and weaponized by far right extremists and mm-hmm. armchair nihilists. Yep. Okay? Red pills and other shit like that. Okay? No, that's that's
4: I, I know I know up. you're laughing I'm at it, but that's lit-
0: that's literally shit that they've actually done. It's like that's that that if if nothing else is a testament to how far this, this film yeah. has gone into the actual canon of, of contemporary no, I, like American cinema. And what I think
1: if the Joker is really the hero. Uh,
2: I want to talk about that shit. Yeah. I want to talk about that shit. We'll, we'll get there. It, it, it doesn't come up in the first film. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> no, it, it only comes up until like fucking. We'll two. get there. Yeah. <laughs> come two.
2: So, anyways, um, where I have to be on a, on a different, in a different place than Nick is uh, in regards to this film is that I genuinely enjoy the rest after the first 30 minutes happen yeah, all the way through. I mean, I do as well.
1: I, I'm saying I know, I'm, but, I don't love it as much as, but I get it. But,
2: um, every time, to this day, 18 years later, that I see the first major scene that involved the use of, uh, slow motion explosions as the scene when Neo and Trinity are entering the building to save Morpheus, like, that scene is... Just one of the most incredible action scenes I've ever seen, I don't know the film. what you
1: call that building whatever, mm-hmm. but that building set piece is still to me one of the probably the top ten most iconic film set pieces for me uh, when it comes to action like, yeah um well and about and, and, that. and
2: it's there's something about the use of the previous scene involving Morpheus uh where You have Agent Smith, who at that point, uh, if you're seeing the film for the first time, you know very little about. And you have this supposedly cyborg character taking off his sunglasses, letting go of his earpiece, and having this very bizarre personal discussion with Morpheus where he's saying he needs to get out of this world. He says the, to me, iconic line, say it's the smell that has him wanting to get out of this world. Yeah. And at the end of that scene, you have the fantastic helicopter blowing holes into this. You have Morpheus ripping out of the handcuffs, the music blaring, him running out through the the water that has come out because of the fire alarm. Like it's like it is the most bizarre and yet thematically relevant action sequence. Uh, to mention the that I water
1: will be. Uh, re- basically recalled in the final fight yeah like these movies are cyclical no matter how much you want to trash the sequels they double back uh constantly yeah Yeah.
0: that whole scene with smith um i don't mean to jump the gun on this but just to preemptively say it when he's saying that he needs to get out of that place it's because he's an, an extension of a system right and the system exists solely for the fact of, of conscripting human beings. Yeah. And so long as human beings continue to exist, he will be conscripted within that system. However, however, however wait a minute. When, you, when you're seeing the film
2: for the first time, you have no idea about this. Yes, and it is such an offshoot from what those characters have previously been.
0: I'm speaking about things that have only been said about in the actual first film in okay. this in this in this, okay. de- in, in this defense of this mm-hmm. they said that they are trying what, what what is smith trying to do he is trying to get the codes to zion mm-hmm. so he can get it to the machines so that the machines can go and kill the humans right as i said before this system so much as what we know
2: in the first film mm-hmm. so much as what we know in the first film which we know almost nothing of zion we know, that, we
0: know that we know that Zion is the last human city that was t- that was told to him by Tank. Right. Yeah, but, even but, that but, but there's like very little almost. about that. Yeah. We say that it's the last human city. That's okay. literally that, what that's, they say. But that's but all, I'm saying, that's, that's, all that's all they say. That's but all I'm, they say. Yes. That's all I'm saying, okay? okay. All right. the, system, cool down, the system This <laughs> system exists with these with these machines with these programs that are created <laughs> explicitly to conscript human beings. And so long as human beings exist,
2: Smith will be trapped inside of there. This is true. However, Again... Dude, let me finish. Okay.
0: Okay. So if you kill the humans, the system gets erased, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have to live in this Sisyphean nightmare anymore of smelling humans.
2: That's it. Okay. <laughs> what I was specifically referring to, and I, I mentioned this, but Smith going on this unusual tirade, in my opinion, after we see the rest of the agents performing in the way they do throughout... um, when i saw the film for the first time mm-hmm. was very unusual and bizarre and i thought was one of the coolest things yeah. of of a villain i can recall because he's supposed to be a cyborg and yet it is clear to me when he starts this that he is not all the way just a normal program, yeah. program. yeah so it was at least intriguing the first time out and it obviously is right. as the film whether it meant to or not forces agent Smith in, in a good way or possibly in a bad way throughout the rest of the trilogy.
0: I'll agree with that.
2: So, uh, the final thing I want to say about this is the, uh, final scene of, of these films is almost equal to the early twist for me personally, only because the idea of Neo getting up after he is already dead, stopping the bullets of the gun, And when he turns his head up towards the agents and sees the matrix going off of the rest of the human... He's actually able to
1: see code. Right. Which they pretty much foreshadowed. At least that that was a possibility when they uh, were detained says. Yeah, it could be. No, no, no. It's Cypher. Okay. It says, no, like, I look at this and all I see is code. Which right. When, when, he the not realize he actually
2: doesn't. <laughs> when <laughs> when he's looking at the, the computer screens, the modern, it's not when he's yeah. actually in but the But I'm Matrix. just saying that
1: foreshadows the theme of
2: it. It does, but for me as a member of the audience, seeing that through Neo's eyes with, uh, again, the music being the climax of the film, yeah. it, there's just something about it that it was just so absolutely fantastic and... Um, I, I just can never get past this film as a whole. I think it is an absolutely fabulous benchmark film that uh, every time I watch it, even though it is definitely age, as you guys have mentioned, and is totally true. Um, I find this absolutely fantastic every time. So, yeah. Brian, I'm sorry that it, no, we've, we've uh, gone 35 minutes and you haven't even gotten your your no, marks uh, about the first uh, film. And
3: that's that's quite all right. I mean, I, I don't know what else I can add uh, other than you know, yes, I mean, the way that they were able to uh, blend in you know, the brilliant, you know, kung fu sequences, the fact that they were able to somehow draw in a type of almost like gnostic mysticism, you know, with this type of simulation theory at the same time. I mean, like a lot of that's kind of mind blowing stuff, right? Yeah, um, yes. I, I, and and I mean, so I think that's I think that's what makes so much of this uh, so such a jarring experience. I like, like kind of what you were saying before Tucson, mm-hmm. like what has been done since then, you know, that has equally kind of moved us in in a, in a way that would be as, as significant it's, as this movie. It's one of those
0: things you have to adore and begrudge at the same time, just because it's become so perfunctory and in. in... In, 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 in understanding the lingua franca of modern, mm-hmm. like, action cinema. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, I mean, and it, it, you see so many things that have been borrowed from it. So, like, and, and, and sometimes with great failure, right? So, like, there's a, I remember watching The Matrix and then maybe a few years later watching, I don't know if I was, like, Daredevil or something like that. The, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Yeah. And seeing an action sequence like, oh, yeah, they
1: got that from The Matrix. you know, Remember like Scary Movie?
0: Right? Remember yeah. the fight scene from Scary Movie? Right. Yeah. Dang. So,
1: I mean, it becomes Dang. a parody or. That's a parody movie.
0: I know. There, are well, so we many, but even, there even, were so many, but even even
3: like there wasn't like there was a car commercial right where it was like I want to see what the kind of cars they have and they bring all these cars and it comes whooshing by. Oh and yeah, it was like the same yeah. kind of software program that they used for that. So yeah. I mean, we you they had just an go
0: insurance off. like commercial with Agent Smith with with yeah. Hugo Weaving <laughs> reprising his role. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you I remember, remember that. That was that was out of nowhere. Like Dude that was to get paid. That was way <laughs> after <laughs> the Matrix 2, So that was like leaning
1: in. He probably showed up for his audition for that and they didn't realize he was actually Hugo Weaving. <laughs> and they were just like, "Wow, you do a really good impression. You're hired, dude." But you know, just to kind of uh, go off a point that
3: uh, just to connect something that Tucson said and what you said, Alex, which is that you know at, at the same time we have this uh, Agent Smith who is has this kind of sentience and he's has you know for lack of a better word, a type of uh, ego involved, right? Where he's like, "I need to get out of here" and all that. Well, what's interesting that from a AI standpoint, uh, from that is that he is um, – uh, he? That's those are unique human values, right? So um, that's something that would have to have been written in the code. Now, and I was thinking about this, which is you put that up against how current movies that deal with the values of AI, um, Ex Machina, and you think about the end of that movie, we're like, does she love it? Will she come back and get him out of that cage that she put him me? Like you, fuck you're, no. Yeah, right. Which is to the point, which is AI isn't doesn't care. They don't have yeah. our values, right? Yeah. And so I think that was kind of an interesting kind of clash. Which is like, if we're really going to be have an honest conversation right. about AI, we got to be careful about that stuff. So in some ways, yes, Matrix is. You know, in many ways, very concerned about our, um, our, our our tumbling into this technology that we have yet to understand. But at the same time, um, it gives way too much human values in what Agent Smith, I think, is uh, is all about. And so, I just think that's kind of an interesting kind of uh, conflict within it. So, yeah. but I, again, like, I just keep on like going back to like, I agree with all of you. Or let's say, like, with Alex a lot, <laughs> which is like how much. I I, in, uh, just this movie, when I saw it, blew my mind. The first, you know, half hour of this yeah. is just breathtaking. Well, and, 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 it's, and, just it, and it's really,
2: it's really the when the realization of the fact that Neo has just been living in a jelly sack for all this time, and he's just he's just been living yeah. in a computer program, and yet he's a he like like it. It goes inception levels deep yeah. before inception came around. <laughs>
0: I mean I Don't mean give inception I'm, that credit I'm, I mean the inception would not exist without the matrix Yeah, no. yeah no, that's true it, it wouldn't it mean it would it, not
1: have gotten the green light it, it, I mean there's yeah. no way wouldn't. Actually it's funny because one thing I thought about was inception and particularly the first film of this franchise which is uh
2: well it, 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 specifically I'm sorry to cut you off I really apologize I've been doing that apparently a lot with el- alcohols involved but I will say uh, it did jog my memory when we were talking about the amount of dialogue. That yes, was exposition.
1: In this. Yeah, exposition Morpheus as well. explaining Neo how the Matrix works. What, where he's whatever. Pretty much, and I'm not saying the same quality, but recalls uh, Inceptions, whatever you call it, dream between uh, Cobb. Yeah, if, and I, if I go back to a point, the architect first of all, like yeah. seriously. Yeah. And what's amazing if you compare the two is that the Wachowskis film it write it and shoot it with an intensity and an immediacy that supersedes any blunt nature of it it's just immediate for the sole purpose of needing to know everything whereas like something like Inception is like I don't need to know how dreams work because that's the whole fucking point of dreams exactly (laughs) and that's Uh, what's scary about people who are influenced by the Matrix
0: yeah the the crucial difference and one one second like the crucial difference between those two is like they're both exposition heavy films but the thing is, the difference between them and the reason why I find the Matrix to be more tolerable inherently than Inception is because there is no referent. There is no real-life referent for the Matrix. No. The Matrix is something that needs to be explained. Brain but, psychology and dream psychology already exist as a yeah. thing where it's just – you could have the guy the, – the, the pendant in the, in, the, in the theater. And I know I've, I've been that guy. but was just like, that's not how the fucking brain works.
1: But also, though, thematically, when you look at the matrix and those expositional scenes, that's actually, not to get too geeky and in, in towards, but that's actually what coders do. When you look at computer coding, um, whatever's not actual code, they write in the, whatever you call it, caret brackets for yeah. actual instructions for what this line of code means. So, like, I don't know, that perfunctory nature is actually relevant and scarily... Uh, it does bring to life the, the mind or the, shall we say, the, the God's eye of a machine and what it mm-hmm. looks like and sounds like. If so it you're saying that it. The
2: Matrix was about filmmaking?
1: No.
0: No. It's not. It's, not, it's nothing so stupid. Only was,
1: David was, Fincher's The Game is about filmmaking, and I stand by that. I don't even That's like that move. film at all. I'm with you on that. I
0: mean, I like that film.
1: Yeah. I just... Anyway. I mean, yeah.
0: Anyway.
4: So yeah. we we Brian?
0: We... Oh.
3: Yeah,
2: Brian. Whatever you've got left.
1: Uh, no, yeah. I, w- I was
3: just gonna kind of say, like, I, I think I had mentioned to you guys in the group text that um, I watched these movies in reverse, <laughs> and so I, I'm sketching down like my notes. And I only took notes on the revolutions, and that was one of the things it, that I wrote. Easily was... the
1: most important film in the uh, entire Clearly, clearly. <laughs> um,
3: and then, it's uh, opinion. I, now, one of my notes is, is that is that it's uh, it's. This reliance on exposition, it became clear there. So where we tolerated it in the first one, because you needed it, right? You yeah. needed to be guided through this really abstract idea of like, you know, we're going to help you through this complete shift of consciousness. You're going to need it. We need to be very clear here. By the time you get to the third one, it's like stop it. Yeah. Just enough stop already. It. Yeah, it just it became it, it became too much of a crutch. And when, and when talking yeah.
2: about the third film, that that's a film that's two hours long and yet has a consecutive thirty two minute action sequence that has <laughs> no dialogue involved in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, that's that's. Uh, th- thank you for getting the the number on that because the, no, I mean, I was, no yeah, uh, it's 35 thirty five minutes, 30, yeah, yeah, yeah thirty five minutes. Because I was thinking about like because, like there's thirty five minutes where there's no Neo, and that's <laughs> a really. I mean, we'll get there's, to that when we get to the third there, movie. There's but, like, no that's, Neo. That's and, a
2: big problem. And there's 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 no story. No, <laughs> no. It's just where's yeah, Neo?
0: We have to find the
4: story. Where oh, is he? No. oh come on! Yeah, no. gotta go to Limbo. Gotta on. Fight the Merovingian Where's the story?
1: And there's there's no heart. Oh, all right. So. Before we
2: get to Matrix Re- Revolutions, um, Revolution. it, I oh, said before we, before get, we, to we that, get to we that, we should one. talk about Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, we're going to be here until the next day if okay. we talk Indeed. about each film as yeah. a group or whatever. So yeah. let's give individual thoughts on Matrix Reloaded and then we'll eee. go through a Revolutions and then we'll talk about all three films as a whole okay. at the end. So, Toussaint, you started us off with the verse Matrix film, so why don't you start us off with Matrix Reloaded? Okay, before I rewatched it this time, I also ac-
0: actually rewatched it again like a couple of months ago just mm-hmm. because I was curious to it, and I, w- I wanted to see how it stacked up, and I felt it was very... It was very by the numbers. I, I knew it from the very very start of the film uh, when you show Neo uh, with his new powers and it's like, oh, he's only human and you see him like – it's supposed to be him showing off that he's the one that Hmm, – it's it's supposed to demigrade. It's supposed to demonstrate how –
1: When you really quickly – only because we moved on, and I just have to say one thing, which is, you're talking about his new powers. The worst decision the first movie makes is letting Neo fly to the fucking camera in the very final
0: scene. The reason why they did that is because Sorry, I, don't, I, I, think, I don't think that they knew that you're going to get a scene I role.
1: really wanted a, like, like wee. The, the, <laughs> anyway.
0: The Matrix franchise, whatever, could have ended at the first film yeah. and, been, and been consummate no, in, that, in that way. It, it, that would have been Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, oh, um, but I, I hate I hate that first fight scene because I feel like it's indicative of every future fight scene throughout the rest of the, the two films. The one with films. Trinity? No, the not the one with Trinity. The okay. one with, with Neo. And the one he's doing all the crazy wire foo. And it has like the, the really bumping like EDM soundtrack. Like, bah, 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 bah. And I feel like it's so self-conscious. It feels like a fucking music video. Because that's what it fucking is. It feels like a choreographed like play fighting music video. And it doesn't have nearly enough as the intensity. As like the the first film. Simply for the fact that. Neo's life is no longer at stake. He knows that he cannot die because he's the one, and so really fight. Like we no the the first said, film. That's,
4: okay. that's, the, the that's first good. The first
0: film yeah. literally like it has Matrix. It has Morpheus say say that there's never been one person that has survived a fight with agent. with an agent. Meanwhile, in the first scene, we see that he's fighting three agents and he's already won against all of them. And then like after that, and just like what is the threat anymore and then they introduce point. what the greater threat is and that's supposed to be smith like that's like the system itself is no longer a threat so they have to create an extraneous like tumor along the system that threatens not only the system itself but also neo so that's that's the whole whole ramp up of that because if if, if and smith, and the
3: threat to trinity right in his exactly. i mean so that's the other like so yeah. you know he can't be hurt but the people that he loves if
0: if if smith did not come up as the main antagonist for the last two films, then these films, God help them, would be even more boring and more shit than they already are. I want to talk a little bit about my general feelings about the, the second film and a little bit about the third film because I feel like for the fact that they were filmed at the same time mm-hmm. – they, they, were,
1: they were filmed at the same time yeah. and for one of the only times in cinema history, they were released like only six months apart. Exactly. They were released in the same year. Yes, exactly. they were. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like you cannot look at them as, as not two halves of the same whole. They are one, if you will. Okay?
2: Uh, just –
3: Back to the Future two and Three did something like that, right? They were more there, of a, was it a year
1: apart? I feel
0: yeah, like, they, they, they I feel like Back to the standard, Future Two and Three are more distinct in were, the fact there's futures com- and there's cowboys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Com- All right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They were commissioned and such, but they were like yeah. a film in, and well, then like, yeah, an the film actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. But I want to, to sort of play a little bit of devil's advocate because I'm not saying that these are Uh, spectacular films by any right but I don't hate them as much as other people do simply for the fact that I am one of those apologists that will say that there are a lot of things that don't work about Reloaded and there's a lot of things that don't there's obviously a lot of more things that don't work about Mm Revelations but I feel like as far as a continuation of ideas from the first it could not be a better way of trying to continue on those ideas it's just the execution of that continuation doesn't really gel it it doesn't work it, it doesn't the, the 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 second sequel does not substantiate itself the 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 first sequel is a little bit too bogged down
2: and i want to um i i think that these two films specifically fall into a category that just now we're starting to see hollywood come to a better understanding of of having to try to hit and strike when the iron is hot exactly yeah And we saw it with Furious 7, with Paul Walker, uh, that that film could have gotten forced into a finale and happened, but they waited another year. It had a much better product. Uh, But at this time, in the early 2000s, with this, with Pirates of the Caribbean, with other new trilogies, Mm -hmm. sequels, we saw studios pretty much say... We need to get our money, mm. and you need to make it happen in this short amount of time.
0: I, I have never seen. I think I don't think I've ever seen a a franchise, a, a movie franchise, a media franchise even burn itself out faster. Between <laughs> between the release of Matrix, the dual release in one year of Matrix, uh, of Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. The assorted comic books, the video game tie-ins, the fucking anime anthology that came out b- right before the actual yeah, that's film, the Animatrix, or- right? The Animatrix, and it's yeah. fucking great. It, yeah. it, I, I will stump for the Animatrix. Like, I, I think that it's one of the best, if not like, the second best installment in the Matrix, like, Whoa. thing. And I'm not saying that because Whoa. it's anime. I'm saying that for other other reasons. Well, just if we're
1: throwing things down, let me just shout out to Enter the Matrix for GameCube because I play that shit every day.
0: I actually did, and I did the hacking no, mini I game did a lot, well. too. Like, yeah, I love that shit. Okay, really quickly, since <laughs> yeah. we're
1: talking about the second movie, yeah. <laughs> like, Niobe and Ghost? Yeah. That the, yeah, are, like... Fully formed characters in this movie solely because of how much I played Enter the Matrix, where they were the main characters. Yeah. So it's weird how I can't separate, right. you know, that idea. It's, anyway. it's that
0: it's that 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 transmedia yeah. uh, storytelling thing. But just ending off on one last last note about Matrix Reloaded. There's a lot to talk about, but I want to. I want you guys to say these things. I don't want to, whatever. Um,
1: it's okay.
4: Uh,
0: I got a lot to say about this because I, I have feelings about this, and people don't I really. Know. I see it's the like, tears. Uh, I don't have tears. Okay. It's okay. I. Everybody. Ev- are you You're from the south. Every, know. Everybody knows that the the first Matrix is steered by one central question, which is what is real, right? what is real that's the, oh, that, that, that's the whole question that's the whole question that's actually posed by morpheus to to neo mm-hmm. it's it, it defines everything it defines the the twist it defines like neo becoming who he is it defines like it, it it defines so many different characters but people don't really say a lot about the the question that lies inside of the second and third film which is not what is real but rather who am i it's like, am I the choices that I make or am I the choices that are made for me? Because it's repeated in so many different ways from the the oracle sayings like we can never look past the choices we haven't made. So you're saying that I have to decide whether whether Trinity lives or dies. Like, no, you've already made the choice by, by virtue of who you are. Now it's up to you to understand what it is. And then you have Merovingian saying, you, you're here because you don't have a cause. You don't have a choice. You don't have any type of like autonomy in what you're doing. This you're just following a script. In mm-hmm. that way, you're no better than a program.
2: So why the fuck should I help you? Mm-hmm. The groundwork is actually, in my opinion, somewhat late for that in the first film. Yeah, uh, when the Oracle tells him that he's not the
4: one. He
0: didn't. T- she didn't tell him he's not the one. That's the whole thing. That's no. Th- I'm not being pedantic about this. I'm. Oh, li- I'm literally not being pedantic about this. I'm. This is cluing into that whole like fan theory about
1: Agent Smith So you agree Agent Smith is the one.
0: <laughs> no, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think it's fucking asinine. I think it's pedantic, and I think that personally to me it's it's a little bit insulting because it it, it, it hinges on a critical misreading of every one of Gloria Foster's scenes. That's what really was what digs into me because of that. And as much as you want to roll my roll your eyes about it saying that she doesn't gonna roll your eyes. She she doesn't like say that he's not the one. It's like literally every single line that she says is just like – she asks him a question. It's like, so do you believe that you are the one? And and she, then he says, I don't know. And then literally she takes a drag off a cigarette, points it to men- no, no say over the thing. And it's like, <laughs> you know what that thing says there? Yeah. It says, know thyself. Let me tell you a little secret about being the one. Being the one is like being in love. Nobody can tell you that you are. You just know it. And then she walks him through like the whole like, aura thing. Is like, let me read your aura. She's not actually reading anything. She's like, oh, that's – at this point, this is when I say, oh, that's really interesting. And then this point you say, mm-hmm. but you already know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. The words come out of his mouth. The words come out of his mouth that he's not the one. And then she knows like, sorry, kid. Is like you decided that. And it's like, well, well, what am I waiting for? It's like, who knows your next life. And he literally dies at the end of the Matrix okay. and is brought back to life.
4: Sure.
0: That whole theory is is hinged on a critical misreading of that and of who the who the oracle is and what she does. And that
2: fucking pisses me off. You said you wanted to talk more about the spoon. So, so.
0: Yeah, I want to I wanted to talk a little bit more about the spoon because that's something Are you
2: a big or bigger little
0: spoon. Oh, well, it doesn't matter because this, there is no spoon. <laughs> Anyway, like that, the, that. where I put. More. That, that's another line that that people say a lot all the time, but they don't really understand what it means. Okay, so when Neil goes into that room, there's all these ball kids and stuff. There, those are the potentials, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Those are the avatars.
0: No, those aren't the avatars. Okay,
2: it, it was, They're, they're it, the kids from the the second uh, X Men.
0: It film. was
1: already per- <laughs>
0: peripherally, peripherally explained by Morpheus. That he's sorry about what happened. There's a rule that they have that they don't pull a mind after it reaches a certain yeah. age. The mind has trouble letting go. These are kids who literally demonstrated a, a a profound aptitude for being able to detect the Matrix. They can't be with their pr- parents anymore because their parents are literally connected to the Matrix. And as soon as they detect that, agents will come and kill those kids.
1: Even the one dude – really quick, just to further support that – Yeah. Who's the guy that's like in charge of Zion, the white-haired dude? Uh, I, I don't. The, know old, the older man. Yeah. 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 Like he even says I, sp- I spent my first eleven years sleeping. Yeah. Which I think exactly flew into like just about the age range. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And 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 basically, these kids are potentials in that they they can. They can potentially be pulled from the Matrix. They have to, have to learn how to manifest that sort of like maturity and like leaving that. Well, just like the elder who was 11. Yeah.
2: We're talking about Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. And I know that Tucson, you've only given your, your initial thoughts on yeah. this. But I want to ask this question because this, for me, um, and whether this is real or not, mm. this is the breaking point of the series for me when this goes from high potential to feeding into Into allowing this to be destroyed, Mm -hmm. which is when Neo stops the Sentinels at the end of the second film, much like he stops the bullets in the first film. And it pretty much allows the idea that he has the same powers in that world as he does in The Matrix. And then for the most part, uh, that is... Pushed aside uh, early on in the third film, in my view. Yeah. It, so, it, so, 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 my my question, but is, it does come back in the third film. It does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> However, I the, think it's actually playfully mocked in the in the beginning of the third film, which
2: is. Uh, for me a little bit unfortunate for the series that takes itself pretty seriously
0: okay. uh, well, I will I will answer that and, okay. and then I will sort of like circle back there's also a,
1: a, I'm just saying a franchise where there's a you know one two minute monologue about tasty weed. I well, taste. always have His a taste sense taste of humor taste. Just t- taste. Just saying like that's one of their in my opinion their best qualities is that no matter how much how seriously they take their actual folklore like these characters are endearing in ways that are both quirky and yeah. yet serious I
0: can't believe you guys haven't asked what tasty Tasty we taste like whether it actually tastes know. like what tasty we taste like i'd pretty much discard
2: that how, how so, do we know what tasty sorry. we taste sorry, like man. anyway
0: anyway um but i'm i'll answer that and then i'm going to pivot back to the question of like what the fuck does, does the whole spoon thing mean okay i think the reason why that scene uh why that scene was included and i will admit to a point that yes it does it is kind of like the point where the The script is kind of lost. It kind of goes off script in a little way. And I felt that was meant to sort of mirror Smith's own capacity because they are sort of like dual images of one another in that way. Because like Agent Smith was destroyed by Neo. Agent Smith was then reconstituted and sent back to the swords. There was a residual effect from him being destroyed by Neo that he was somehow able to manipulate the same matter of code that Neo was able to – which is the reason why he's able to assimilate other people –
1: and Can I just say one thing, though? Mm-hmm. The resurgence of Agent Smith and the sequels does make actual sense in the yep. world of computer coding because yes. you don't delete code. You it, just r- overwrite it. Yeah, so exactly. therefore, if you're adding more codes, you're only adding more uh, whatever you want to call yeah. it ways to manipulate but
0: then agent smith becomes an exile like they've already included what that term is and then is able to exist outside of the system the only difference between him and other exiles is that he used to be a core function of the system um but yeah the whole whole him like stopping like uh sentinels in real life that that's that's supposed to mirror like agent smith but going back to the spoon thing going back to the spoon thing and it's like, do not try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, realize the, the key fact that there is no spoon. The whole thing of the spoon, the spoon, the spoon doesn't matter itself. The spoon is meant to represent a focal point. Every single thing in the matrix is subject to a system of laws, right? Everything is system. There's a there's a code for the birds. There's a code for the trees. There's a code for the sunshine. There's a code for the fucking spoons. There's okay. A code for
1: the Holocaust. I mean, all these things happen. Oh god! <laughs>
0: don't do this to me. Anyway, um, I'm talking about physical objects too.
1: Call me balls. Are you don't,
0: sp- don't 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 do this to me. Don't do this to me. Anyway, anyway, everything is connected in that sort of way, and so by that by that line of thinking. Once you learn how to bend that spoon, once you learn how to bend that focal point, if the spoon itself is not real, then that means that nothing else is real, which means that as soon as you're able to do something with that spoon, you're able to do anything else with the parameters of that world around. And that's not, not just singular to Neo. That's something that every single potential has to learn in order to be able to do the crazy shit that Trinity and Morpheus and the rest of the the crew. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're trying to do. You have to realize there is no fucking
1: spoon. It's like in The Sims when you don't want your characters to run into walls. You just enter the cheat code and hack it to make sure that the walls actually have no solid properties.
0: I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I got you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Okay, so I explained that. I'm done. Okay.
1: Me? Um, I'm going to go on the record and say The Matrix Reloaded is my favorite of the three. I, I could understand that. I don't necessarily say it's a better movie than the first one, but it's certainly messier, mm-hmm. but uh, The Matrix is the, uh, the Matrix Reloaded is the rabbit hole that I want out of this franchise. <laughs> I know, right? You love white guys with dreadlocks. Oh my god, how did
4: you know? But
1: <laughs> no, seriously, you know! you know what's crazy is that I watched The Matrix Reloaded just now for like the first time in like over a decade. So mm-hmm. I was a kid when I first saw Yeah, I never once put together that the twins look like Agent Smith and that they would be past iterations of the Rogue Pro. You know, like I. Like it's very obvious. But it's it's funny when you watch things as a child versus when you watch things yeah. as an adult. When you're a child, you, you take things at face value. Like everything that's in front of you is its own thing, you know, if characters aren't spouting off the relations between whatever. So anyway, just a newfound perspective. Um anyway, the matrix reloaded, uh the set pieces, I like I was kind of surprised to remember just how many places and things that happen in The Matrix Reloaded are what I remember most of the entire franchise. The um, the, the hallway that Seraph takes them down through the doors when mm-hmm. they go to meet the Oracle, uh, the resurgence of the, the dojo, just all these places that <clears throat> for honestly are just like what I think of when I think of The Matrix. Uh, for that reason alone, it's kind of, it's my favorite of the three. I I love the fact that after—and I like the first one—but after the introduction to the Matrix, this truly feels like the exploration of the Matrix. This is them finding the architect and um, going through all those kind of motions. And it gets rid of what I like least of the third movie, which is the the real-world war. Not that it gets rid of it, but it's not as focused on that.
2: Um, well, it's a—it's a—, it's a... Um, if you think about this as the first part of a two part series, if you want to think about it that way, it is a unworthy introduction to what we have in the third film. I
1: agree. And, um, that's well said. Yeah. 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 And all the characters that are introduced here, I really think that, I mean, okay. Obviously all three films are of the Wachowskis mind. Like they they created the whatever. But I really think for better or for worse, the second and the third film are who the Wachowskis are. Like untapped. You know, like um the the Matrix is what made it through a pitch meeting. The Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions, for their faults and for their strengths, in my opinion, are what I personally love about the Wachowskis, which is their Utter middle finger to so many, I, I don't know, like, laws of standards. Like, mm-hmm. um, whether it be storytelling, because, like, for example, you know, um, any time a character needs to get through something, they and this was present in the first movie, but, you know, they, they, they created a the universe where it's actually feasible that they can code it or something like that, you know. So it's less about the peril and more about the... Uh, fluidity of of these situations. And speaking of fluidity, once we get to the second and the third film, I, I think it's no uh, coincidence that Lena and Lily Wachowski... <sighs> I know, right? <laughs> but no, I think it's no coincidence that Lena and Lily Wachowski yeah. created a world beyond the first movie mm-hmm. in which characters live in what they would consider their most purest state, uh, in which androgyny... Their
0: residual self-image.
1: Exactly. And in which uh, I would say androgyny, sexual fluidity, Mm -hmm. are all literally (laughs) celebrated. I mean, the rave is basically whether you hate that scene or not, I'm just saying, it's certainly indulgent, but I I just think that that's, that's where I see the Wachowskis Excited to make the franchise they've always wanted to make, for better or for worse, and and maybe that's what I find infectious about these sequels. It's an offshoot
2: from the rest of those of the series. It is. It and, is. And, 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 and even though I don't necessarily love it, I don't hate it like other people do. No, like It, it, it is I, a different tone in a film that needs a little bit of separation. Yeah.
1: And I'm not saying I'm like sticking up for the third film, yeah. but I do, I do I will admit the third film is not that far off from a second film. Um, mm. and, and ultimately I guess that's what I love about these sequels, because I'm just kind of sticking up for them in general, because we've always heard people shit over them. Um, I I love, not love, I, I like all three movies. And it's the second movie where I think it mixed that wonderful singular vision with the more uh, crowd-pleasing blockbuster slash thoughtful, provocative sci-fi film. But here we get both, and that's kind of what I love about the second film.
2: Let's think about that for just a second, though, because you you talk about The Matrix as a trilogy, but let's just talk about the Wachowskis in in terms of filmmakers, as I mentioned before— taking all of their money that they were given for the first film, making the first scene and basically saying, you really don't want to make the rest of this. And then they'd be like, look at this, a yeah. series. Um, and then you have the enormity of success of the first film, and then given here, make yeah. two films back to back. they then been coasting
0: th- off the goodwill of that first film.
2: <laughs> well, and
1: uh, and how and about,
2: it's, it's very, and I already brought this up, and I'm going to bring it up when I talk more about Matrix Reloaded. But the Revolution- comparison.
1: Or Reloaded. Yeah, no, Reloaded and
2: Revolutions. But the comparisons between the second and third film of this and the second and third film of Pirates of the Caribbean, (laughs) which is that the... um, I think it's Rosario's or... There's two people who wrote uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean films, uh, specifically the second and third film. And it's basically being put in a much different situation than you were with your first film, which is you are now in a monumentally different state and we need these two films delivered and we need them to be great films. And I it's... guess
1: that's also why I like the second movie the most because I felt like the first movie is great, but it was also a tease. Like I'm introduced to this world at large, or I should say this newer world at large. And, I'm told that there are things like Zion, and I'm told that the Matrix, you know, the properties of that world can be bended, whatever. But it's not really for me. Like, it doesn't reach that level of trippiness and true, um, I don't know, uh, just sheer ambition. Because mm-hmm. everything that we see of the Matrix in the first movie is pretty much relegated to either user control, because it's either through, um, you know, Tank coming up with scenarios, Or it's um, just the perfunctory nature of uh, human existence hidden within, so it can't, you know, burst out of that bubble. But uh, I'm way more involved with uh, this weird, like I said earlier, rabbit hole version of The Matrix, where we're trying to up and its own coding to see what's on the other side. And so like his conversation with the architect and a few other things like that, you know, I'm not saying I can't see other people and why they might think that the movie is just going too far or the franchise is going too far up its own ass. But, um, like that's, like, like when the first Matrix came out, I was already asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Like, who created this? And, like, what else can we do here? And how many more subways can we visit? So <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that the sequels were able to at least answer those questions. And it's never... And I will actually, unlike Toussaint, and that's totally understandable, I actually <laughs> like the pacing of the fight scenes in The Matrix Reloaded. You say that, like, there's no... Um, shall we say I don't know tension because we know Neo's the one, but that's actually what I like about these. Like, I first of all I guess just watching the first movie, whether you've seen it for the first time or whether you've seen it for a millionth time, he's the main character. We're already conditioned to know that he's going to survive these fights.
0: It takes extraordinary means for which, it, it takes extraordinary means for which to try to re-engage that tension, such as in the chateau where the the ghosts. Um, like, close the door on him mm-hmm. and basically relocate him to, like, this far, like, villa in, in France or whatever. It's like, how the fuck did you get there? I don't know.
3: <laughs> but but I think that's what makes the car chase scene, in my opinion, maybe one of the best things I, I've seen. That has to be one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema, which is, like, I'll go back and just rewatch that. And just yeah. just, just for, yeah. for giggles, because it's it's that good. And I was just curious today. Um, because uh, I watched the Matrix today, but I watched the movies uh, in in uh, opposite order. I wanted to go back and watch like the added features and all, and just the manpower and the creativity of just that car chase scene is phenomenal feat. I mean, it, yep. it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and my last thing I'll say is that. What I was saying about the fight scenes in the in the second and the third movie, feeling like they're they've lost their tension, I I agree, and I actually think that's purposeful because it's starting to resemble actual computer code. That these are programmable mm-hmm. steps that are already uh, you know one or step ahead and maybe that's a cop-out but I I don't know I guess I just think it's more beautifully framed I think it's more Mm -hmm. interesting to watch because I'm never truly invested in whether Neo is going to live or die from the very beginning so I'd rather watch something that's way more trippy and just kind of out there in its execution Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah like my general thoughts is that I think to Matrix Reloaded is actually one of the best sequels ever made Mm
2: -hmm. right on so um I remember going to see The Matrix Reloaded in theaters, and obviously, um, the the difference between when, how I view it now and how I view it then is that that was one of the most hyped up sequels I can oh, remember. Cool. Um, like, and and I mean, I didn't live through The Empire Strikes Back and things like that. So, but we live in a world now where sequels, and I, I but was the going fact to, that
0: you even put it on that level.
2: It's on that level. It
0: yeah, comparable sure. to that. It's yeah, like I feel. I feel like that speaks for itself. Yeah, a lot. yeah. I mean,
3: I remember like seeing because this would have been uh, Time Warner. I remember opening Time Magazine a year before the movie came out. They were already had spreads of like, look, yeah. we're filming this. You know, the scene. It was a chateau scene when yep. he's
2: flying back and forth. So, yeah. oh yeah, they were laying
3: the groundwork to just you know get you primed for it. I and, remember that
2: distinctly. And um, at the time, the build up to it definitely. Um, Definitely brought it home, and I, and I will say this: uh, this is something I was thinking about. Is that trilogies in the form that we see it in this trilogy have, for the most part, in my opinion, gone away now as we've, we've reached 2017, and it's all about we don't want to commit to a franchise, franchise. Yeah. universe. Yeah. You never <laughs> want to commit to
1: a number; you just want to commit to more.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. and and the idea of a trilogy in a beginning, a middle, and end. Uh, is something that The Matrix embraced, and other films of this era definitely embraced, and they have, for the most part, gone by the wayside. Um, So that makes this a little bit of a time capsule, which is uh, somewhat interesting to me. So The Matrix reloaded, um, going into it, seeing the film, obviously loving the first Matrix, uh, and then seeing this film and moving on from it. At the time, I was disappointed in this film, because it wasn't as good as the first film. For me, personally, when I was and
1: 16... for all types and purposes, it was n- almost nothing like the first film. No. As far as what you got out of the first mm-hmm. film, you do not get out of yeah. this film. So this takes a different direction, but here we are,
2: so many years later. I've seen it multiple times, and I definitely have an appreciation for The Matrix Reloaded, because I feel like even if the story as a whole doesn't... Um, excite me as much as the first film does this still does plenty to bridge the gap between the beginning and the end of the story and that's what the middle film in my opinion is supposed to do like it's supposed to create the rest of the story for you between what you saw at the beginning and what you're going to eventually see at the end and we saw so many great things within the matrix Reloaded, whether it be The advancement of Agent Smith, who, for better or worse, goes throughout this series and then uh, leads to one of the biggest duds, in my opinion, at the end of a film, which is trying to show this other guy who is supposed to be a stand-in for Agent Smith in the real world. Yes. Uh, But I'm sorry, at the end of The Matrix Reloaded, I remember in the theater, and I remember when I watched it a week ago saying, who the fuck's that? Like, <laughs> and it, maybe that's, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but he's supposed to be inside this body, but when you're watching the film, you're like, who is that? Who, who is this guy with the goatee? Like, in, in terms of filmmaking, we could have done better with that, in, right. and that's, I guess, just how I feel about it. I,
3: I think, um... I think I can maybe try to frame your disappointment because, I, I, as I said, I watch this in reverse order. And what you can see is, is that they have three distinctly um, uh, different genres of films. Matrix Revolutions is your standard kind of epic war movie, yeah. right? Then you get to the uh, Reloaded. It's a heist movie. And then you get to the first one. It's just your standard yeah, heroic archetype, right? That's and true. So, and I think that's where we see the um, – where it just – I don't know if, if they knew what they were doing, which is very unlikely. <laughs> um, so if I were to kind of rewind back, has anyone seen the Wachowski's first movie, Bound? No, no it's, it's, to. it's not bad. I, yep. I mean, granted, I haven't seen it in twenty years,
4: so I, uh, I, yeah. I saw it. I saw it when I was I in college. Hear people who so watched my, it my, recently, love it.
1: So.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I remember really enjoying it. it. It had a lot of Hitchcockian type of tension, and I really, I remember watching it and really enjoying it. So the next movie was The Matrix, right? So, so you can imagine if this was a a film that they have. Kind of like this is our pet project. Mm-hmm. We're gonna really go as we, as you had uh, with your anecdote about how they filmed the first uh, scene and just blew the budget on that. Yeah, I mean they
2: blew the budget on seven minutes of yeah, film. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I mean, so like the fact that they were able to do that, and so I think that's where if that's your pet project, and again, this is just obviously speculation. That first movie had so the the, the details and the tightness of the mythology. It was it was present. Then then they're like, Well, we got something here, right? So now all of a sudden they're like, Can you make two more movies? Now all of a sudden, this is the this is the classic case of the car catches the dog, right? So yeah, all of a sudden like holy shit, we have to pump out two more movies, and now all of a sudden we we need to make these these uh, anime movies where you have to make these tie-ins with video games, and all yeah. of a sudden like you know, are you able to really clamp down on your creative and, and control
2: and at well, that moment? What's amazing is is the tie-in to the actual material of this mm-hmm. is who do you answer to? Do you answer to the studio or do you answer to yourself as a filmmaker? Yes, yes. And (laughs) I
3: I mean, I think that's the part which is, I mean, only they they would be able to know that. So I think they were given a lot of leeway. You can't (laughs) film that that highway scene where they're like, you know what? we just can't get any highways in the United States. So we're going to pour our own mile and a half uh, highway. I mean, just the amount of resources that it must take to have filmed that. They said it took like 10 weeks to film that. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, um,
0: they poured yeah. their own highway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whoa. Oh,
3: yeah. No. Here's. Oh, so if you want to go even one, so, you
1: know, so the scene where, uh, I mean, they hired immigrants to do it, but yeah,
2: the, the, the amount of money, by the way, yeah. poured into special effects for the, uh, the Agent Smith versus Neo fight scene early on is yeah. like astounding. Which looks better
1: than like most of the things that come out today. Which,
2: which I, I actually agree with yeah. 100%. And I'm just saying, I think, that, whether you I, like it or I not, no, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's one of the better scenes in this film. Like, it's weird. And it's an awesome action <laughs> sequence. It's weird. But let me tell you, there was a lot put into that scene. Yeah. And and it, and it shows,
3: yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 phenomenal. And, and and so just just to kind of back up one more part, mm-hmm. which is that I think in, in the scene we were talking about, you know, how silly it is that like they actually give material code, you know, when at the very beginning in Matrix where he's like, hey, you we know, we're here to get that code, can you give this hack stuff, and so. Um Neo opens that book and the book was Simulation and Simulacra, which is the Baudrillard's book, right? And so, you know, and, and I'm thinking about this stuff like, all right, that's a that's a dense read, right? So I mean this is a lot of, you know, real postmodern shit. So um there's a there's a, a an anecdote that he's talking about where it's just like what happens when uh, he was telling the story about these map makers that were making a map that was so big and the map actually mapped over the real world as it exists. So I'm thinking to myself of that car chase scene, which is we're in the Matrix, but in our reality, we are creating a new highway that is also mapping over like what our own reality here. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is getting pretty wild yeah. when you think
2: about that level of it as well. And yet, you so, say that, and you love that scene, oh, it's and yeah. and and I almost fell asleep watching that this time.
4: <laughs> Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. No, I could watch
1: no, it over again. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> What's that? What'd you say? <laughs> It was a I know it's not amazing. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> I kill you! I,
2: um, obviously, this this gets accentuated in Matrix Revolutions during the ridiculously long uh, action sequence that has no end uh, throughout the Matrix Revolution. But for me personally, um, I recall being absolutely intrigued leading up to that action sequence yeah. uh, and. I've seen the film probably six times now, mm-hmm. and this time, watching it back, I was just thinking, boy, this is just not going to end, is it? <laughs> and it that doesn't mean that it's a bad scene and that they did a bad job putting together this this long, just continuous scene that clearly took lots of yeah. man hours and work and money, but at the same time, I'm watching it thinking... Okay, they're still going, <laughs> but, I
3: mean, but that's the difference between your first time and, and the sixth time seeing oh, it. Which is the pop of it is yeah. just, and that's and that's. I always remember this when I was uh, teaching my uh, the, the media class at school. One of my favorite projects. I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, which is is called the amplifier effect, which is like every movie can't do what it did before it has to amp something up in in a yeah. very significant way and yeah. that that scene was just like what's gonna pop uh here and 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 i felt like so so if that's the scene but then you know at, at the other hand so you have to have the spectacle of that scene but the other part where i felt this is where it kind of fell down a little bit and is like well then where do we get into that philosophy part the fact that like literally the same question was being asked by the oracle in, in the park which was the same thing that was being said by the architect again. I just felt that they kept on pumping and inflating those same kind of like, well, what do you think is the answer? Are you supposed to be doing this because you were um... – Is it because of who you are? Is it that... because of the choices okay, that, that we was... that, yeah. that, – that, that, that chasing of the tail, You know, kind of to me, that was where I got bored in terms of yeah. the, where I... I was completely exhilarated by that level of discussion in the first movie. In the second one, watching it in probably my sixth time was like, yawn. <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah, get over this. Already. So
2: a few things I wanted to mention before because Brian isn't theoretically has have, have your initial thoughts on this No, film, I, I, I just I just went so that no, we're, we're, we're good. so so, so <laughs> finishing off a yeah. few things I really wanted to mention before of this film. Um the the idea that there are parts that were pivotal sequences in the first film, like the idea of of payphones being <laughs> major parts of it, but then since society moved that far in the last three and a half years, that whole storyline is basically discarded I mean, in the second could, and third film.
0: You could retroactively say it's like, Oh, we finally found a way to just write that out of the code.
2: That's that's
0: lazy. I know it's lazy, but like, <laughs> what the fuck else are you supposed <laughs> right. to do? I
1: suppose. I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the pay phones because I just think it's just a nice little. I don't know the idea of hardwired like just yeah. makes perfect sense. But it's the Matrix. I mean, yeah. what matters? It would it be cool. Exactly they actually had in the 1950s. It. So, it all yeah, exactly. so
2: So the last two things I'll say. Yeah. There, there is one line, and I believe it's given by the key maker. I'm almost positive it is. But uh when I heard him deliver this line this watch through I thought to myself holy fuck we couldn't be more lazy than this when Neo asks him and whether it be for better or worse that he says this this um uh, this uh response uh, Neo asks him, "Why are you here?" And the Keymaker's response is, "Because I'm supposed to be here." And my initial thought was, "Holy fuck, we can do better than I this." Mean, it's, it's sort
1: of, it's, it's, the, even the first movie talks in that language. Yeah, it does. Okay, it does.
2: That's yeah. his function. That's his
0: purpose. Like yeah. it, it's, it's, it's purpose. It's the why. I was going to uh, say. Yeah, it's the lie.
1: I'm Even calling, yeah, you know, Neo the one. That's fine.
0: It is I, very I, transparent. <laughs> I,
2: I will admit that, that's Alex, a, but, like, that, it's, it, that, it, it, there's the a reason for it. That's the problem I have watching these films back so many years that's later. the yeah.
1: though. Like,
2: that's what I love. Mm, and that, girl. and, and <laughs> the problem is, is A, I appreciate that, and I've I've grown in appreciate of that through cinema, but at the same time, it's delivered towards the end of this film, in, in a film series that's aiming really high, and I think that's maybe part of the problem for me, is that this film series is aiming for a very high mark. And for me, a line like that delivered in a pivotal scene late in this film just was like, ow we could do better than that can't we uh, but and I, I it gets worse
3: yes. obviously in <laughs> revolutions where yeah. The, yeah. the the guy give you the, kind of the aliens kind of things like yeah. his whole rally scene i wrote it down here <laughs> he says <clears throat> "What are you write here uh, let's see uh let's give them hell yeah machines that won't feel anything, so, right? well, so even just how about I mean, the, the, that name was, of the... that was that was the name of it. the
1: club being uh, hell when he's like you had to go through l and I was like ah <laughs> so
2: <laughs> the last thing I will mention um what? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> shaking my head at you, I'm shaking my head at the movie like, the,
1: I'll shake my head at that, but the
2: last thing I will mention, and um this is something that i I caught on to this time through, which i've I've thought of before but but more this time is, is the first time I've watched this film in this film series since we started this this podcast and I've listened to Nick and Toussaint through over 100 episodes and started to You're have... Welcome. Yes! Exactly! No, but for real though, like I've started to have the way you guys think about things uh, brought, brought to my wavelength. Uh, and that is a very much side character, which is Monica Bellucci's character. Yeah, uh, Persephone. Per- Persephone mm-hmm. Who, uh creates this interesting diversion throughout, uh, which is she turns on her master, yet she's supposed to be a computer program, yet she's also a female. Her
0: husband, her partner. Yes,
2: but at the same time you have a, and I've said the term offshoot a few times, but you have her changing the course of how we go throughout this entire scene, and yet that is such a pivotal part of yeah. this specific film. And then we see her again, and she plays somewhat of a specific specific role, having one line of dialogue in the third film. And yet... And she's... it hinges
0: on jealousy. Yeah. Like mm. like the the program is capable of jealousy and of spite. Like
3: just Going a word? That's my idea of a, a
2: unique human emotion that would have to be put in there. From a sentient yeah.
0: program. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it, her character is such a minor... Part of this film series yet plays a
1: major presence. Wow, well,
2: what I mean. I, I, I'm i just saying, I like, say anything, well, kind, you kind of, you kind of mean to dig about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's new?
2: Uh huh. All right, so let's move on to Matrix Revolutions. Okay, 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 okay. So, so this is the, the ending. Of the series, obviously. The crown jewel. Well, that's an opinion. That's an opinion. (laughs) Toussaint, go right ahead.
0: Okay, um... First, I have to say I'm very glad that Brian was able to be on for this episode, just because of his experience of like watching the films backwards. I've never <laughs> heard of somebody actually do that before, and I feel like the nobody's that crazy. <laughs> no, I, I I think that the observation of the third one being a war film, the the second one being a heist film, the the first film just being its mm-hmm. own film is is. It, 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 I, I can't unsee it now. Right. Not, now that you've said that, it's like it, it makes a whole lot of sense, and I think that it just it just kind of goes to show how far the third is sort of like tangentalized from the core appeal of the first film and even of the second it. film. Yep. In that, like you know, here's the thing: like the whole thing about the Matrix is that we've built up this entire like visual language and mystique and this and this. This, this set of rules that is completely thrown out as soon as you enter into the real world, which is the real world, only it's got machines and it's got, like, all these tunnels and, like, mech suits and other shit like that. Mm-hmm. Which I might add, like, um, the, the, the mechanical designer for this, Jeff Darrow, who is a uh, comic book artist um, – even before we were doing this this episode, I already ordered his his art book that's coming out later oh. this year. Um, he's fucking fantastic. And what he did for this in particular, because I know that the Wachowskis are, are comic book fans, obviously. Um, they've said about as much as to why they were motivated to make the 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 Matrix sequels as they were to be storyboard as a script. They were storyboarded as, as a script. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 mech suits are are very well designed. The hovercrafts are very well designed. The mechanical design of the Sentinels is fucking awesome. incredible. Yeah. The, the 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 giant behemoth that rests that hoists itself from the mountaintop <laughs> in order to like charge at at, at at um the logos when it's like trying to make like the final last stand. That's fucking dope. Uh, I like like the 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 technical production of a lot of those things. It's just. Um, the the core characters and the the plotline for just kind of like fall short for me, just because the real world is never as interesting as the Matrix. Yeah. It, it just it just can't be. It it it, it it's called the fucking Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. It's called the fucking Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> and I and I, I just feel like if you want the real world, watch MTV,
3: motherfucker.
0: <laughs> anyway, um... well, I mean,
3: just to your point, to sign, it's like you know when we're watching like the attack on Zion yeah. and all this stuff, like. Like, how is this any different than the attack on Helms Deep?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's
3: it's we're watching the same thing. It's it's it's, one one of those things. Yeah, it's it. Yeah,
0: I I the freshness
3: of what we saw in the first two movies is now is like
0: oh exactly, and and, and and I and I feel like the way that where they cut this one story, which makes up the two sequels in half, Mm -hmm. deprives us of of so much of what makes the Matrix the Matrix and the the Reloaded film. It's just jam packed with all of that. It's uneven. I think that it yeah. makes it makes the Reloaded a better sequel, obviously, but it just makes it, it makes the other one one weaker because of that. So those are my initial impressions. We'll go into more of that, but yeah. yeah.
1: I have a lot of really random things to say about <laughs> Revolution, which I think is pretty apropos. Um, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> a. Um, th- I, I don't hate the Revolutions.
0: <laughs> I I mean, you're indif- I'm indifferent to it.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of like Revolutions, to be honest. I, it, this entire franchise, now that we're at the end, is easily the most ambitious mainstream blockbuster franchise no, no. I've, I've ever seen. I got you. A, no. Across from start to finish. No matter mm-hmm. its faults, whatever, mm-hmm. I've not seen anything like it since. And mm-hmm. that's what kind of makes even now the third movie kind of special in a way. Um, B... Uh, This the revolution specifically. I'm not saying obviously it wasn't there in the first two films, but The Matrix Revolutions is the closest thing the Wachowskis has ever filmed to be a live action anime without being actually based on a pre existing uh, property. Every for me at least, every shot in this movie looks like something from an I mean like even um, the final fight between uh, Agent Smith and Neo in the rain in the when they're shrouded in the in the blackness of the un, uh, or I should say the natural light you know I don't know this just like there's a shot when <laughs> um, Agent Smith literally is flying through the clouds and then just kind of like smiles like a crazed villain I'm, this is the most anime this is
0: very this is very peak like yeah. 80s anime exactly <laughs> Uh, 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 and and i kind <laughs> of oh, I kind
1: of like it for that reason alone um i'm definitely i I would be more favorable to this movie if we did not have the war itself like mm-hmm. if that was more just tangential and talked about and done because i'm actually I'm a fan of this the first like half hour to forty minutes of this movie. I it's just my own personal itch, but the stuff with Neo in uh, in the mobile avenue subway I actually fucking love. I'm a huge fan of any kind of purgatory like realm yeah. a character finds stuff. That's why I fucking love the left especially
2: uh you get the idea of him not being jacked-in, I believe,
1: is the yeah. term they use. Yeah, he's not jacked-in, but he's still in. there. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and that's what I mentioned earlier when I said that the movie kind of playfully mocks his abilities because there's the moment when he's in the subway and he wants the train man to bring the car to him, and he basically thinks he's like bringing it, but in actuality, it's Trinity <laughs> coming because they worked out their deal. You know, Little things like that where it was starting to upend its own logic. Now, The entire movie doesn't go with that kind of, I I don't know, frivolous nature. Mm -hmm. But overall, there's still a lot of good scenes in this movie. Like, if you took out the war, I would probably pretty much think that this is a pretty decent final entry. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I'll say one more thing, which is that um, as much as I, even on this podcast, have... Praise the Wachowskis finding a setting in which uh contrivances are okay because it's all programming. Um, naming a fucking sentient face deus ex machina at the most pivotal moment of your uh, movie, no matter how related it might be thematically to uh, computers and whatever, is just fucking stupid. Uh, that's when The Matrix became a parody of itself. And even if I liked this movie, whatever, I would never defend it in my life. So yeah. I, uh, I didn't mind watching this. I, I minded watching the 35-minute action scene. But other than that, I I thought it was okay. That's it.
2: So, my first thoughts will start right where you just ended, Nick. Uh, in that this film, uh, ultimately where it ends, uh, I didn't love. Yeah. But um, I was fine with a lot of parts of this film. Uh, except for the action sequence, which even though... Although, recent action movies. Which, which action sequence are you talking about? The, oh, the the the, the long one. The in, whole, in between. Uh, yeah, like the thirty to thirty-five minute the war Sentinels. scene. Yes, the Sentinels. The, the
1: Sentinels, even from the very first movie, have never been visually, in my opinion, or thematically interesting. Like they are. No. Uh, I, I okay.
2: I, I'll somewhat I disagree with you opinion. as well. And it's okay. You can have opinions, just like everybody else. Thank you their opinions though so there you
1: go well they're facts
2: <laughs> fuck you
1: well, anyway. welcome to
2: 2017 <laughs> um,
0: there's no such thing as facts anymore everything my you facts. say that
1: I disagree with I'm just going to say fake news. fake news
2: thank you I'm glad we're here fake uh, news. S- <laughs> so that action sequence uh, as I already said I almost fell asleep during totally. the action sequence and make sure it's mm-hmm. reloaded this action sequence uh, offered nothing to you me. you at least
1: find this worse than the other one? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry. Um,
2: and here's my problem. And I really liked this, but at the same time, it really wasn't warranted. Which is uh, the girlfriend or wife of, uh, what's his name? No, 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 no. Well, Makai McC- uh, Pfeiffer's name.
4: No. <laughs> it's not Makai
2: Pfeiffer. Is. It's the guy you played uh, Mercutio Fuck. in that uh,
4: Roman Yeah, Zuriaki. him.
2: Uh, <laughs> The black eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're talking about Link. I'm racist. Yes, links and his wife. wife with the bazooka. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And the and the other girl. Well, been setting that
1: up since the second movie. Uh, a little. Uh, at least there's some kind of human element. That's why I say I hate the Sentinels, but I don't mind the human aspect. the The anyway. issue I have with
2: them in that scene is I feel like the amount of attention that is given to them isn't warranted. Yeah. From the okay. amount of attention that they're built up from from the second film. Right. So. We spend about ten minutes of that thirty-five minute scene with them, and it—I can't get into it. I mean, like, I mean I'm
1: still with you, as the execution and all that is just awful. Yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, but
2: but, but, but yeah. I very much love the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, also love the idea of Jada Pinkett Smith driving this ship throughout the uh, the tunnel when everyone's telling her no. Like, this is ahead of its time, because we've talked about females and and the
1: idea of the female hero. Well, the one thing we haven't even said mm-hmm. throughout this entire franchise, even though it was there from the very beginning, and I don't think it's, once again, a coincidence that it would come from the Wachowskis, but put the lead aside, what a fucking diverse cast in yeah. which, as a child, like a 10-year-old or whatever, I didn't, and I'm naive or whatever, but I never once... Thought about that, mm-hmm. and Roy Jones
3: Jr. and Brother West are yeah. on the council, right? Or yeah, yeah I mean, like that's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I'm just
1: saying, yeah. he picked like the coolest black men. I'm just saying, yeah. like people from my yeah. my media habits, where uh, Boyd from Dollhouse, yeah. uh, Link is played by a, a major, um, I forget his name, but he played Pernod, a major. No, it's a French. Last yeah, Harold Perrineau. Yeah, okay. he played a, a major character. Well, I was gonna say in sorry. TV history. Sorry, uh, sorry, buddy. The narrator of Oz. And one of the most important, oh really yeah I, no I need to in watch the that show yep. and fuck. one of the most important characters in this show lost so I, and Gina Torres as uh, the the wife of Dozer I think yeah I think yeah so, yeah, uh, yeah! It, I'm just Holy saying like like shit. the Wachowskis knew what was up when they were casting mm-hmm. these people but, but uh, woke
2: as fuck yep unfortunately as somebody watching this film for the first time years ago and watching it for the I think third time now I. I still watch those scenes with the, the two females, and I, I love the idea that they are leading this part, but at the same time, I'm like, who are
1: these people? Yeah, I, I could definitely see as far as it's it's not yeah. gracely handled. Yeah. Can I say one thing? Please. I didn't mention it in the second movie yeah. when I should have, mm-hmm. but I will say... Um, Niobe walking up to Morpheus in the caves during the second movie. Their first line that they have between each other is basically Niobe saying, are you going to dance for me? And I was like, oh my God, she's the character from Magic Mike XXL.
2: (laughs) Anyway. So, (laughs) going back to what I was talking about.
1: um, You mean you don't want to unpack that? (laughs)
2: No, thank you. So, um... When I saw this in the theater, I thought this was a big pile of poop. Um, and I don't think this is that far off from Matrix Reloaded. No. Um, I'll say part. it on the
1: record that my personal opinion, and everybody here will disagree, but I don't think all three of these films are that far off in their margin of error. Like, as far as what they're attempting to do, which, with it, whatever, and that's my own personal which, which I agree.
2: in terms of what they're attempting to do, yeah. I'm, now, in terms of execution, I will yes. disagree, I because I feel like the first film executes for what it's trying to do much better than what the third film does. It's also a much smaller target.
0: I I think that yeah. the I, I will agree with, with Nick here that the margin of error is very small, but the margin of error is so fucking significant. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, it, it's literally like shooting yeah. it's like sh- literally shooting down the shaft
2: of like the Death
0: Star three so, times. So, got to yeah. do it three times, okay?
2: I, I'm glad you brought up the Death Star because I feel like <laughs> Um, I'm not. The, the anyway, continue. You Alex. hate Star Wars because you're a horrible person, yeah. So, True. um, this film, even though I still do enjoy Return of the Jedi, I feel like this film mirrors the third Star Wars original film a little bit because it cannot reach its grasp. Because this film has so much setup, and this is why I mentioned already the Pirates of the Caribbean series that we had seven cliffhangers at the end of the dead men's chest. And we had a very similar feel at the end of matrix reloaded. And here we are. And we don't have an answer to all of that, even though this is what we're trying to. And what are you going to do? Like, I love the first three to four minutes of the Neo and, um, agent Smith battle. At the, the end. end of this film, like, something fierce. Like, there is some about the way that it's framed, the music throughout. Like, it, it is just one of the greatest meeting of giants, in my opinion. And they start flying, and I couldn't fucking give a shit okay, less. Yeah. <laughs> I really
1: quickly want to say something crazy. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason... Call me maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. Toussaint
2: just nicked you not. (laughs) Carly Ray Jepsen the shitting out of this.
1: I, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. love the entire fight. It goes on way too long. It gets ridiculous. But because the first fucking movie had Neo flying to the camera... I don't give a shit that the uh, mm. the, the final movie <laughs> says, like, hey, if you're going to do that, at least we're going to do it up here. And let me say one more thing really yeah. quick. The beginning of the fight I'll give you is, like, the most beautiful part of that yeah. whole thing. And what I love, no matter how corny it is, but them in the rain goes beyond the trope of giants fighting in the rain. And it goes actually into the uh, uncanny valley of the uh uh what do you call it um i'm trying to think vertical versus horizontal the <laughs> vertical <laughs> uh the vertical motif of code you know and so the way the rain right, sure. yeah. I, and and i Digital absolutely rain yes and yeah. i absolutely love that so
2: so even going beyond that the idea of the additional agent smith just standing aside and just allowing this to happen and as we have a complete separation from Matrix Reloaded, where we have fifty Agent Smiths attacking Neo. Here, they just stand there idling.
1: But throughout now the they entire have the Oracle S- S- foresight. Smith.
2: Oh. Smith
0: doesn't. Smith doesn't have anything to prove. You're right, though. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, but but the, and that's but, the hubris of a
1: machine who can't see beyond his own coding. But here, here's the thing about
0: like when you're talking about the Oracle of foresight is like. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to be a, pant, p- pedant, a pendant about this. Okay. I don't mean. I don't mean to be that way.
1: I don't know why I'm sticking up for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the oracle. That good. The oracle can't
0: necessarily tell the future. The the oracle.
1: What? But that's what Ms. Agent Smith doesn't understand.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. See. Boo! Yeah, because the oracle is just a predictive, intuitive model that. Is able to know what might happen, what is likely going to happen because she's building off of seven iterations of these events happening and also, like, the entire accumulated history of, like, human, like, behavior.
2: Yep. Yeah. Just, like, the to first sun- three minutes of that battle to scene. Sun, did
1: you know that Agent Smith is an anagram for I Am Lord Voldemort? Ah!
2: Uh, <laughs> That might be that 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 got Tucson to leave. That's great, and Tucson has left the building. He's uh, not coming back, and missed. that's it.
1: Uh, I made a funny. Yeah.
2: So Nick said that Agent Smith is an anagram for I am Lord Voldemort, and it was fantastic. So, just saying. So, oh, and he's oh, back! Shit. Look at this. It's because I he's forgot locked, my phone. It's because he's blocked. <laughs> Brian, into the, you were supposed to close the door behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll end by saying, "The Matrix Reloaded" is by far Revolution. the worst. The you Matrix said, Revolutions is by far the worst film of the three, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, the beginning of the fight scene is fantastic. I cannot get behind this film, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's just not horrible, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it lives up to the expectation that was brought up by the first two films. And welcome to film, like <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it, not it, it, just it, something just dawned on me. Like, think
3: we've had this conversation before, which is like, what do you expect out of directors who started off in a certain scale, right? So, uh, Wachowski started with Bound just nailed it with uh, Matrix, obviously, and now are making an epic war movie... Two films from that for that uh, from Matrix, right, so I mean this is kind of that idea of like what, what are we asking for these directors who are now all of a sudden are expected to go from this film to then be the lead on these ten, these ten pole uh, uh, franchises all of a sudden sometimes they 're just out of their league and it 's just too much to manage, and they can 't do it and I think maybe that 's where they were really good with The Matrix, very good with the
2: Heist film, but then by the time they got to the war movie. S- just got out of hand so this is and i've brought this film up multiple times and it's stupid but it is what it is so i will say this uh and i think i've brought it up at least twice in the podcast before kevin klein's uh dialogue at the end of the film orange county i love and i'm gonna equate it to this film which is the only criticism that he gives uh colin hanks it is right yeah. his name uh, is that he doesn't have an ending to his story. And I think that's a a very universal theme about film and just stories in general, is that it's so easy to create something, but it is much harder to create an ending. And if you Spot look on. at, yeah.
1: specifically in my opinion, mm-hmm. the, some of the greatest film trilogies, I'm going to cite an example here, which is the Before trilogy by Richard Linklater, not going to spoil it because I know some people here haven't watched it despite mm-hmm. the fact that I tell them to watch every <laughs> I, I feel like this I, is I, actually, directed at me. I
3: have, that, <laughs> I have the last one on
1: my queue at home right now to watch, watch Yes, The greatest thing about that trilogy is that each film does not end. It just cuts the credits, and it's so satisfying mm-hmm. in and of itself. And yet, it never once puts an emphasis on some kind of period because, but a lot of stories don't. And I get that they're a completely uh, different kind of yeah. movies when it comes to genre and such. I, I was going to say think a lot more trilogies can learn from that. I,
2: I was going to say that that last thing you said just hits it on the nose: is that that is absolutely not the norm that we have almost every uh, trilogy, whether it be that or any mainstream trilogy, the third film is almost universally the worst.
1: Well, and here's the thing. Trilogy, (laughs) by definition, means something, and yet we interpret it as something else. By definition, it means one, two, three. Three is just the next number after two, and there are more numbers past that. Some people interpret, for whatever reason, trilogy to mean beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. If you in, if you look at the Matrix films in that prism, they do not hold up. Like the the the. The second movie does not feel truly like some kind of bridge between the first and the second movie, and the third movie, for as sure as shit, does not feel like the ending of a saga.
3: I, that's it's funny, like it's it's that line from uh, Macbeth, which is "Me thinks the lady protests." I'm sorry, no, Hamlet made me thinks the lady protests too much. Which yeah. is like when I'm watching this kind of footage of like the them talking about like oh, you know the, the brothers they had this idea for the movie all this stuff. It's like. I don't think they did. I think I think they're like, oh shit, we got to write two more movies. Let's see where this thing goes, right? And
0: And it it got a little
3: top-heavy, exactly.
0: Yeah, Mm. Yeah. totally. But the ground level stuff, I will say again, like that, the thematic like through line between from the first one to the second one, I feel like that holds up.
2: So, if a little bit ham-handed, yeah. I we've all given our thoughts. Brian, you still need to give your final thoughts
3: ah, on, right. on the so, I, film. Yeah. So, as I had mentioned before, uh, this, this, see my like, <laughs> you can see the, the scratches here is when my 15-month-old uh, uh, daughter is, just takes a pen and starts going oh, over. Yes, honey, side. I That's, see. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, I didn't see that connection before. You did <laughs> like, so good. Pay she's attention. She's, not, she's screaming. not screaming has like, bullets are flying everywhere on the TV. <laughs> um yeah, that was a, that was an awkward moment where it's like the, it was the scene in the uh, the the building today when I was watching the Matrix. I was like, you know, maybe a fifteen month
1: old shouldn't be watching. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about like, the nipple twist scene in the rave or something. No offense, <laughs> she was not awake for that, okay. so she was already asleep. For I'm that. just saying, there's nipple twists so, in this movie. In, in there fact, is? there is. <laughs>
4: Well, so, Thank you, I mean, which
3: which which kind of goes back to that amplifier effect, right? Which is like you know now in that that scene where they go yeah. to the S and M club, it's like how do we somehow amp this up that much more? All right, I get it. That let's is the iron. most
1: transparent. Like you saw this in the second movie. Yeah, and just, just, we're gonna yeah. turn it up to eleven. <laughs> wow. Exactly.
3: that's it. You know it. Uh, so spot oh, on. Geez. So. <laughs> Yeah, to go back to the idea of like this is where the dog uh or the the car catches the dog, I think this is the point where it's like now the screenwriting shows like they were kind of out of their depth with kind of trying to keep up with the mythology. We've gotten lost in our metaphors. Are we coding? Is this a Christ metaphor? Is this you know, all we keep yeah. all of this stuff? That's where I think it really gets unhinged in this in this movie right Brian, here. Brian, you yeah. can't
0: say no to yourself. You have to be willing to say yes. yes.
4: Uh, <laughs> is it is it a Christ yeah. metaphor? Yes.
0: yes. Is it about coding? Yes. Is it a war movie?
4: Yes.
3: All of that. This is uh, Tucson's uh, best Joel Osteen, I think, right? There. Yes. yes. Um <laughs> the, the dialogue, I think... and So, again, I watch this uh, in reverse order. So, like, like uh, Alex, you had mentioned before, which is when you s- start in that order, then all of a sudden... Like, I want to say the very first scene is the dude who you're like, who is this guy? Like, it, it's just laying yeah. on the table like, oh, this is this is like a TV show. This is not a f- film, right? Like, it had a very it felt cheap Clumsy. in that way yeah in that in that regard the dialogue was really bad i mean just i mean it's just things i mean there's start no way to really apart. get around that in the third film
4: oh. right but oh,
1: can right? i just highlight my favorite exchange in the third movie which is actually i'm going to say that i love it even though it's like pure Wachowski bullshit <laughs> okay the scene in which um neo talks to the elder of zion whatever i don't know what his name is mm-hmm. whatever but he's like um something about there's the elder says something like oh I'm I'm elderly so therefore I don't make points and then he's like oh is that why there's no young people on the council and he's like good point and like, <laughs> exactly like yeah. okay yeah. I will go to bat for that ridiculous bat shit ridiculous uh, writing it's, because it's that's yeah. kind of why I watch Wachowski movies I think it's
3: like one of my favorite lines like I think it was some documentary that uh, they were making when I don't know what anniversary it was of the Star Wars movies and it was like Carrie Fisher was busting balls and she's like George you can write it but no one should say it (laughs) it's like one of those like like, yeah yeah, it's it's like this this movie's like filled with all that
2: Um, we still need to do an episode someday on Jupiter Ascending I would love to there's a flying animal named Mr. Greco.
0: why would you do this to me
1: (laughs) hey I go to bat for that movie I still think it's wonderful
0: Alex why would you hurt me who do you trust
1: Alex or me don't you say it
0: Guess, guess what? It's like guess. That's like asking me, whose side am I on?" I'm on my side. The no. side that doesn't want to watch. It. No. you don't have a side. <laughs> day. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. Nobody's winning. You don't it's,
2: understand. It's, it's Eddie Redmayne screaming up just obscure okay. nonsense. Hey.
1: Hey. hey, 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 hey! You guys joke out you Look want. Look at my lips. But bees cannot tell lies. Ah!
2: Let's put it this way Sean Beam is in the film and doesn't die. That should pretty much tell you all he needs to know. That shows you how magical of
1: an experience (laughs) that is.
2: It just goes against all. Rules, exactly. Right? Yes, <laughs> he I, even dies. You, you
1: don't know in, where this movie's going. Can, if even. I were to
3: take a quick t- uh, time out, or just <laughs> uh, I, I just got of my own curiosity, um, Valerian is that something that you think is gonna be a hot mess? Or uh, I can't wait. Up?
1: Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not, a now, fucking Luke Besson. That, that, freak. I was gonna say
2: that's not Wachowski's. That's
3: no, I know. no but it's the same Besson, kind of But am saying, but it, like, it well. has the, the, aesthetically. It, yeah. it, if you were to put the trailer of Jupiter Sending and Valerian no, up just, next to each other, you'd be okay. like, okay.
1: All I can is... say is put it into my eyes right now. Okay. okay. okay.
0: I will say this. Um, Nick is very much a Luc Passan fan. I am too, just not m- as much as I'm willing to forgive him for some films. Um, <clears throat> That's because
1: you don't use all 10% don't of your brain. Don't get the fuck <laughs> out of my
0: face. Get the fuck <laughs> out of my face. Anyway... Um, I, lo- I love. Are you human? I love Leon the professional. Or are you dancer? I love The Fifth Element. I even went to see. Receive... How
1: do you like The Fifth Element and not Lucy? And I say that as someone who likes both of those. Okay,
0: so they're... I went to go see The Fifth Element in theaters again for its promotional mm-hmm. run for for Valerian with my friend Britt, because that's one of her favorite movies and we had a great time. Yeah, it's and a they, great movie. And they um they, they showed. Fifth
1: Element has Chris Tucker in it they, though.
0: They showed a <laughs> uh, a preview for Valerian that's and racist. basically. Him talking about like you know back when I was making Fifth Element, and it's like I was working with the writer of Valerian because it was one of my favorite comic books at the time, and he basically told me it's like, why are you doing this Fifth Element shit? Like, why don't you just mm. do Valerian? And it's because they literally didn't have the budget, you know the whole thing. We didn't have the budget and the scale and the vision at the time, but then, then it happened, and now yeah. we can do whatever we want. Now we're totally free. And you're it's saying like, that's a bad thing. I think that there is. Um, I I am a. I I am a a a a, def, a definite standard bearer um, and a cheerleader for the idea that creativity is often born out of constraint and often things yeah, are so. often things that are better are born out of constraint. Can I, can I yeah, say okay. this
2: from someone who's who's looking from afar? Yeah, who enjoys most Luc Besson films, but yet sees this and sees a catastrophe waiting to happen. Bruh, I'm, well, hold on. Yeah, if you don't me... see
1: a catastrophe waiting to happen, then you don't see a masterpiece of the work. So. Here
0: is if you don't see a catastrophe waiting to happen. You haven't read the news lately.
1: <laughs> Valerian,
2: to me, from just again afar, looking on, I will is... unplug. Please do, my is because goes. here's the thing: it is a film that is trying to take be... the red pill. It is trying to be like the Star Wars prequels, and you it also son of a bitch. it also casted Dane DeHaan and Cara yeah, Delevingne because
1: that's what Luke Besson does. He that's fine. Cast the best empty vessels, <laughs> so you can watch everything else. That's fine. <laughs> great. Well, I don't I, know how many times I gotta say this? I, I love how fucking serious he was. about I it.
2: I, I'm not sure what this is gonna be. I I feel also, like this Dana is gonna be. Also, Dana
1: give a fantastic performance in In Treatment season three of the show on HBO. So fuck that. Good
2: for you. So I'm not I sure love what. In I'm not sure what Valerian's going to be. I'm not sure what these performances are going to be. I've seen Cara Delevingne on screen, and it's not good. No. Yes. Shake, 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 Sonata. <laughs> However, I, I'm i going to go see this film in the theater. No yep. doubt about it. It looks okay. beautiful. Yes, I agree. No, yeah. no, no, no problem. It's, it's, so too. Could, could be horrible. Uh, it's Probably not. But... <laughs> Fuck off.
3: But, but but aesthetically, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yes. But, but could you not say the same thing about like Transformers last night? Right? No, like, you, I could not that say it. I mean, it. they no.
1: horrible. Oh, there's Brian, crazy. this is the last time you're invited. I know, but I'm <laughs> saying this- like
3: the the same level of. Uh, of manpower of, of, of yeah, coding and aesthetics I, I there i'm just saying like but like yeah. it's just it's interesting one would invite that versus the other now grand one's a tired franchise no one cares about this, right. this is the possibility that this could actually work so right. i i get that
0: <sighs> when i when i see a trailer for for transformer
1: in which you see in front of every movie last
0: yeah i know the last Dude. year when i when i see a trailer for that and just then like when i see a trailer, trailer for um for for valerian I have to admit that I'm sort of, and it feels weird telling you this because you're much older than me but I feel like I am feeling much my, I'm I'm feeling my age yeah
1: um you were born in like the 40s right shut the oh. fuck up anyway oh. anyway i, yeah, like, I no. absorb all of this yes
0: i feel like i'm i'm feeling my age because when i see trailers like that um at least separately i think of like for
2: transformers or Valerian for, for both and I'm, both. I'm, okay. I'm just like
0: man there's way too much shit on the screen i can't really follow like where i'm supposed where my eye is supposed that's to be drawn to I that's not maybe like, not the, too much that's the shot that's the point it's rubble and machine that's the point and Josh Duhamel. Th- this is in of, Matlock. Jesus, <laughs> that's the point of Valerian in that its scale is supposed them. to dwarf. It's supposed to dwarf your ability I'm, to pre- be able to conceive. Don't it use because, dwarf as a pejorative because it is. It is. The city it is the city of a thousand planets. That's what's supposed I've, to be. I've heard quite a bit. By I the way. can't
1: take the Last Night seriously because they clearly wheeled Anthony Hopkins from Westworld into <sighs> catching them <sighs> checks, baby. I'm just That's saying they, they, there's no he's wardrobe change. For a, oh, a second that, there, right?
0: I, I confused the Last Night with It Comes at Night, and I was like, "When the fuck was he oh, in that man. film?" I'm like, oh, okay. no, he, but
1: he, he didn't even have the no, wardrobe change, dude. He's the White Morgan. He just had now. to like show up and go. <laughs> <laughs> I made these no to that's, do my bidding I, I, I'm I not saying that he's okay. going to be in Dolphin
3: Tale
4: 3
1: <laughs> oh um, don't car. say that don't no, put that's
3: shark
2: that on me I, I have to say I haven't, I obviously haven't seen the film won't be seeing the film I've heard uh, at least read sorry I've read quite a bit about the sexualization of the 16 year old girl who's the, the star of the Transformers last night film which is interesting okay
1: hmm. don't misinterpret this but I gotta watch this now <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I need to know where this went wrong I, that's all you know okay. where
0: this went wrong it went wrong in the last fucking film with the robot dinosaurs and where they literally devoted a scene talking about the Romeo the Romeo and Juliet clause in Texas that
2: allows for underage couples first of all two things you saw in the last film secondly <laughs> it was f- <laughs> on fucking Netflix <laughs> secondly Secondly, so you
1: chose to watch it? I was bored.
2: <laughs> secondly, it's this all is about a, choice. It's called
1: masturbation <laughs> Oh my
2: God! is Christ! Secondly, dude. this is a film series that decided to go back to its roots by bringing back John Turturro and Josh Duhamel. Hey,
0: John so, Turturro's awesome.
2: That's a, that's not in this not movie. Just, <laughs> <right now>. Casting <laughs> checks. He's a great
0: <laughs> actor, and he deserves better, and he should do better. He really he's actually not in good this movie. Lately. He's playing
1: Jesus from the Big huh? Lebowski. <laughs> He's uh, literally he's just Now, he's the Washington one who got balls. peed
2: on by the Transformer in the first didn't film. Didn't they all? I mean,
1: didn't the <laughs> audience? Two
2: things, if I go yes. well, back to the revolutions. Oh, we're I talking was, was about the say, Matrix. Oh, we, we,
3: are, we were talking about, <laughs> talking about that. Um, Thank you, Brian. The, uh, you had talked about uh, Richard Linklater in the before yeah. and all that. And I would say, like, for the listeners here, if you want a nice kind of quick concision about uh, – kind of summary of kind of the idea of this – I want to say Richard Linklater when he had his little scene in Waking Life yeah. he was giving a discussion about Gnosticism and I think that was a kind of a nice kind of preview of sorts of if kind of like dip like your toes in the in the, the Matrix you I mean, would I love idea. Waking Life that's yeah, for sure. Yeah I, I, think, I think that idea of what he was talking about of because uh, that's when he was referencing and Toussaint and I were having this conversation earlier in the night about a um, the, the, uh, further exploration about you know what is real simulation theory Philip K. Mm-hmm. Dick is really good, um, but then Simulacrum this, uh, and Simulation, yeah, exactly. Baudrillard and um, and some of that. I mean, I, I thought that like if you wanted like a taste of just like, a further exploration of that, just just kind of even just you know find on YouTube that scene of Richard Linklater. I thought that would be kind of really nice. For sure. um, the other part that I was going to say um, to me, what we saw happening in Revolution is. A, if I were to go back to something that is a great fear of Alex, which is what we're going to f- – we see, we've already seen what happens in Matrix Revolutions is what will be something that will be the um, uh, Infinity Wars, right, which is that it's going to be some massive th- 35-minute scene of... That no one gives empire. a fuck about? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think... No that how much you was, you I was talk this, about I'm it. like, this is it. This is... I, I actually wrote down my notes. Uh, what did I say? Alex,
2: Thanos prediction.
3: And like, that's... To me, that's...
2: The worst... I you meant, which you is... That- which is... I feel like... And we've already hit on this in previous yeah. episodes yeah. like a year ago. But I feel like Marvel's already clued into that and is already trying to move away from it after not
1: spending not its entire
2: series on clued it. clued into that,
1: but... The worst part about that comparison, which is absolutely true, is yeah. that Marvel had how many movies? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to set it up right. It's, so it, you know, I mean, how much bigger can Avengers? Yeah,
3: the scene at the end of Avengers, which was awesome. I love that. But then, like, I mean, I mean, I just don't know where do where how could you possibly aesthetically build upon the scale of that, which would. You would care about, and so then, wh- how where's the buy in at that point? Yeah. And, and there's I think already reports
1: right now coming out that says, like, whatever the cast list is for uh, the first Avengers sequel, whatever What's the only out. one, right? Yeah, well, I mean, there's gonna be two arts, and then Infinity oh, War. I thought, is I thought going they canceled be, the second one, but no, I thought they just renamed it, they just said it wasn't gonna be part one and part two. Oh boy, yeah, they're that's, they're fucked, yeah, but. <laughs> I heard that within whichever one, I think the first one that they're filming or whatever, that whatever the cast list is, which is obviously huge, whatever, like 60-something of those characters are going to be in one scene. Yeah, I believe it. And that is fucking insane. See, but here's,
3: here's... So is that going to include like the Inhumans and Guardians? I
2: assume and... so. It's going to be I mean, just about everything. So shield. this is where Matrix Revolutions I mean, for just me, Baby
1: Groot doing his own thing.
2: This is where Matrix <laughs> Revolutions gets into trouble, though, is the inverse of that, which is we've discarded the main characters that we've spent the first four yeah. and a half hours of the series with, and instead we are spending... 20 straight minutes with characters who I can't give a fuck about. I agree, and that's
1: where I think it... I I wouldn't say it worked better as a four-hour film like they had conceived it, but it's certainly you feel that uh, longing and just kind of emptiness... When you divide it into two chapters, mm-hmm. where one chapter is just, in my opinion, top heavy with classic bits and just, you know, the characters you love. Mm-hmm. And the other chapter is trying to wrap up all the things you set up while your actual interesting characters are incapacitated which in some way. Which
2: is the same exact trap as At World's End falls into, which is here's all this set up and this. These oh, char- at worlds. I'm sorry. No, no, no.
1: I you said at worlds. End. I was thinking the worlds. End. Oh no! Like, I'm, and I'm like, I'm wait, sorry. wait, Edgar
2: right?
4: What?
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I was referring to <laughs> no, the, you, the the yeah.
2: final of the original I just don't Pirates, think of the about char- Pirates which you shouldn't about <laughs> this film at least. But it was the here's the great setup, and here's the characters that you can be into, and then here's this poop that uh, yeah. in the third film, which sucks. Here have this poop. Well, no, yeah, I mean. It's it's like we've we've created this and then here is the finale and I know you can't give a fuck about it. Fuck you! Is. I got my money. Yeah. Welcome to. Welcome to life. <laughs> welcome to this age. It's uh, yeah. So let let's
1: let's just. just say, are we doing some kind of final? I was yeah. gonna
2: say we we we've we've really just kind of shot off into this discussion of, of of the entire series so let's talk about it for a few more minutes and just everybody just jump in before we give our final thoughts on all these films i, I just I just a couple just
3: yeah technical things like i'm just thinking to myself like you you had brought up the term deuce ex machina you know and all that it's like god you know that emp really seems to work pretty well <laughs> why wouldn't you just line every corridor of every like sixty miles up and just EMP the shit out of that, so they never get close to you. Like yeah. to me, that would make sense. I Even mean, like they have characters... incredible access to technology that's just mind blowing. And, and the other part too is you remember, like in the part uh, in the in Matrix uh, Reloaded where they're like kind of doing like oh, there's moving stuff around all this stuff. It's like that was really like aesthetically, you know, fantastic. That was not there. Like when you saw Zion in, by the third movie, it became much more Spartan and, and all that. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. But just to me, like it's just. I think that's what it's the problem when you watch it in reverse. Like now, all of a sudden, like you're just able to kind of tick tack all of these yeah,
2: these that, uh, these,
3: that, these technical holes.
2: The problem yeah. in in speaking to that point yeah. is, like I was feeling about the payphones yes. is. We have the idea of being at broadcast level, and it feels like that's really not a thing as the the series goes on. Yeah. Like they're just kind of doing whatever. Who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. Like this because major... the real world
0: doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, but there was a major plot line in the first film. I know,
0: but as and... it went on, the real world doesn't matter, and then they try to make. it I would into say a big it's less a major
1: plot line and more just a major signifier. Like hmm. it's an iconic bit of. Uh, out of the way you want to call it, but yeah, um, but you could oh,
2: you could at least agree that it's disregarded as the series oh, absolutely, design.
1: yeah, but um you know coding changes i uh, i am not saying that's like good, but it, it's why when I watch it, i don't really care well, I mean that and, and that's the problem is you think
3: like well, you know the certainly the makers of the simulation and the matrix like i mean part like they could have gamed this in a way, which is like let's just have them be set in a reality that's like 1850s, if- where they could not even conceive of telephones, where they couldn't conceive of the type of technology that would liberate them to the extent that they would, and we'd never have to deal with this problem. Like, that seems like a pretty Speaking good... Speaking of that,
2: what, what, about, what about the rehash that goes throughout uh, the first film, and yeah. then in the pivotal scene in the end of Reloaded, which is, we get the explanation from Agent Smith about the initial matrix in the first film, and then we get basically a word-for-word explanation of that from mm-hmm. the architect. Is there a difference with that at all, or is it pretty much just the same thing again? Because yeah. for, for me, I feel like it is just lazy, but at the same time, I could totally see somebody reading into a completely different argument reading the same lines. Mm. So,
1: Yeah, I'll say that that's kind of a... <laughs> Law of the entire franchise: characters routinely reiterate what mm-hmm. we are either already know or already could have guessed. So, something like that is absolutely something that sticks out, but something that doesn't really feel incongruous to me. Um, one thing randomly that mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, and I think Toussaint might disagree, which is totally understandable, but the the actress who plays the Oracle in Revolutions, I don't know who it is, but it's not Gloria Foster for obvious reasons. Um, I kind of like what they do with the Oracle. Not so much that I in any way think it somehow like, supersedes. No, the but pres- how they
0: explain her change? Yeah. like There is I like- kind
1: of a lot of pathos behind her introduction.
0: I think it allowed me to mourn Gloria Foster yeah. in a way that – in and her character in a way that felt I agree. Like, real. By the end
1: of the movie, her character is redundant at best. Yeah. But – like, in some of those beginning introductory scenes when she says, like, yeah, it's a part of me, it's not the, you know. And, like, I, I don't know. There's just something quietly devastating about that, which they absolutely that. Yeah. ties into real life things. So, if anyway, if, you know, it might be a cheat in and of itself. Yeah. But it works. And well, I, I kind of like those quiet scenes. And, yeah.
2: and especially with, with Morpheus, who obviously feels betrayed by the Oracle. Yeah. And then you see the physical change even going along with the thematic change and it's, it's, it, it makes sense
1: Yeah, I'm with you and, and I like how in, in most other franchises you can't get away with that because mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense here when Neo sees her and she's like you recognize me and he's like of course I do and, and Neo almost stands in for like the cognizant film viewer which is like I understand the rules of what transpires here even if I can't explain it
2: we could have had bad CGI like the Sopranos too yeah. that would have been sad <laughs> that would have been a train wreck. Yeah. yeah. So, let's go to final thoughts then. Okay. I I think in in Duson, I don't know if we have to give ratings for every single film, I'm but not going to rate
0: I'm not going to rank them just because okay. I feel like I've already if if you can't deduce like what my feelings are about this then language has failed. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I I I'm just going to circle back to my 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 first impression about this, which is that as a whole, I adore the first Matrix, and I adore the Matrix trilogy. Um, as like as someone who claims themselves is sort of like a, a a fan initially of Cyberpunk, I've sort of fallen off the train for Cyberpunk in a lot of ways, out of love for for what it's sort of like stymied into. It, it went only so much you can take. I mean, it's 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 gone from at this point. This is just my general feelings about it, and it, it's it's. Shown up in a lot of different ways. Like it's gone from sort of a genre of ideas and sort of – it's sort of metastasized. And I use that word, metastasized, like to Mm -hmm. to signal it to sort of like like how cancer expands. It's metastasized from a genre of ideas into – a, a into a genre of an aesthetic mm-hmm. it's it's about the recapitulation of an yeah. aesthetic it's all about neon it's all about smoke it's all about we get so caught up in the the look of a thing the aesthetic of a thing that we forget what actually like steers it and i also feel like that impairs cyberpunk as a whole from being able to actively and meaningfully engage with our present, but rather to sort of like harken back to a, a pseudo eighties period of like, remember when the government was shit and then, and, and, and we believed that private corporations were going to rule our lives, but we're then back. the, but then the internet was the one like free place where a person could like become an equal person. That's not the case anymore. That's not true anymore. And, and really it's, Perhaps it's cynical, but I also believe that we need to be able to create works that actually engage with their time and if that outstrips Cyberpunk, then Cyberpunk itself needs to die. Hmm. But as this is as this film as 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 far as a tombstone of a first generation like cyberpunk like ethos, I think that this film is is perfect for what it is. I think this this franchise for all its faults is perfect for what it is. And like I'm so fucking nervous about another installment in the series.
2: Fuck
1: that! I'm so. Are f- they talking about it? There, yes. there's actually talks in the, about it. It's in, the, it's in talks. I'm, I'm, well. I'm so from the witch I mean, it's not going to be which, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. But it's not like somebody else is going to commission it. I, right. I, I don't, I don't Reboot. know.
0: I, yeah. I That that, that to me don't make me see it it just goes off of what i just said about yeah. cyberpunk it's like literally a corpse a shambling and then i'm like why are you why are you doing this to it like why are you doing this um but yeah that's that's my take
1: the matrix trilogy for me uh, i think this is how you can kind of tell it's special if you take all four of our opinions together which is i think Toussaint's uh, overview of how he sees the three films is the most similar to the other two gentlemen on this podcast. And that like the first is pretty much untouchable and the other mm-hmm. two are at least interesting in their own right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you even take my, I would say slightly divergent opinion and in which one I prefer, whatever, like, Even my whatever batshit crazy opinion, I still like all three of these movies. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's because there is an undeniable factor here that the Wachowskis uh, plugged into something (laughs) (laughs) before anybody else did in cinema, uh, both thematically, both uh, viscerally, and Mm -hmm. in many other ways. And they made something that no matter how dated it gets, somehow still does two things, kicks ass and blows minds. And that in and of itself is pretty fucking crazy. And it doesn't matter which Matrix movie you like more, which is usually the first one. Mm-hmm. This franchise as a whole is easily, uh, I would say, untouchable in all of its followers. Uh That followed after it, because no trilogy has ever done anything this ambitious in this short amount of time, and that alone just kind of makes me love it.
2: Or with, uh, even though they've obviously made quite a bit afterwards, this inexperienced of filmmakers too true
1: I mean yeah it was definitely mm -hmm. their first time on this budget and and getting this kind of clearance too I mean budget's one thing you can get a huge budget and yet still have to work for Marvel I mean think about it that way right (laughs) (laughs) you know or or not but here like with the success of the first film no matter what you think of these sequels that is unfiltered Wachowskis and the idea that any studio let them do it I, I yearn for those days, and I think the yeah. Matrix trilogy is one of the only times, not the only, but one of the only times in which I will genuinely say they don't make movies like this anymore. Mm. So, that's my final thoughts.
2: So, obviously, I am a huge fan of the first film, and I think it is a staple. Huge. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I think it's a, uh, a monumental staple in, in cinema, in my opinion. Um, and I think that the two films that follow it fail to reach the same level, but at the same time, um, at least brings some sort of entertainment and closure to the series, even if it's not as good as it could have been. Um, that being said, I enjoyed watching all these three films again, Um, and I just think this is a a very interesting series because it is a series that is, without a doubt, uh, feels like to me that a cinephile could enjoy this and someone just going to the theater wanting to see a good action movie could enjoy it at the same time. And that is hard to find uh, in this day and age of things that are so specific to the genre that they're trying to attract. Uh, the Wachowskis did something here that involved Keanu Reeves, who is one of the easiest actors to shit on in the last 30 years. And I like him as a person. Do you know him?
4: No,
0: I just <laughs> like what he does as a person. Okay. Yeah. Um, he donated his money like uh, from... from like working on the Matrix films to, like, the other cast members so that they could have, like, an equal pay for that.
1: Oh, fuck that. That was a joke.
0: Oh. The, uh...
1: The, Pretty cool. The, yeah, the right. Yeah.
2: Deleted scenes and the, um... these sort of filmed scenes uh, that are on the special features from uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula should <laughs> tell you all you need to know about Keanu Reeves as an actor. What the fuck? In a bad way.
0: okay.
2: Wow. No, if you you watch them, it is like, oh my god, they're dealing with a person who doesn't understand language. Who doesn't understand (laughs) humanity! Here's what I'll
3: say in defense... You've just, just like, jettisoned, you know, like that on my my Netflix, (laughs) too. I I need to know now. Here's what I'll say in
1: defense of Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Just whatever. Like, he is of a very particular actor. Nobody has the exact same draw as him. Am mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage. Better. No, No. I disagree. Yeah, that's not the same thing. I'm saying nobody has the same draw. <laughs> this is not the they same can have a different uh, draw and allure and whatnot. But nobody is Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves is like nobody else. And therefore for me at least that's why The Matrix made him a star, I think, beyond whatever – well, not whatever, but what he was doing before with speed and point and break and other stuff. The the Matrix found that perfect place of bewilderment and t- robotic-like <laughs> – Ke- Ke-
2: um, Ke- Keanu Reeves is a very interesting case in the history of Hollywood yeah. because, because following The Matrix, he's had a very horrible uh, string of films – and yet, then all of a sudden, John Wick happens, and he's he's back. Right? Like he, it's it's yeah. Amazing. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm thinking he's back. <laughs> no, but for real though, no, like, for real. like.
1: But the other thing I'll say is that <laughs> one of my favorite shows of all time, uh, swings and Arrows, which is uh, all about the fictional appropriation of the very real Stratford Festival of mm-hmm. Shakespeare in Canada. That's a, that's a um, in the very first season, there is a character played by Luke Kirby, who is an American actor who was hired by the Canadian Shakespeare troupe to do Shakespeare with them, and they're all like, why the fuck is he here? He can't really actually act. He's just an action star. And it's clearly loosely based on Keanu's <laughs> oh, oh, uh, forage, uh, forage uh, into Shakespeare acting or whatever. Uh, and, you know... Uh, what did I, he do? Was it Much Ado? I mean, he, there was some I movie think it was Much Ado. He yeah, was in yeah. Much Ado by Kenneth Branagh, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was in that. Ah, Kenneth Branagh. I think, at least. That mustache, um, though. T- uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <Barrel. but laughs> I think what that season of television does is at least portray that Keanu Reeves for better or for worse is never less than Ernest. Hmm? He is always exact, like trying to be whatever he's performing, and that he is, is, is an he's, FBI
0: he's, agent. He's, he's never, <laughs> he's never less than Ernest. And guess what? Ernest saves Christmas. Oh,
2: man, that's a Nick line. So, anyways, no, finishing I would my thoughts on uh, <laughs>
1: embarrass myself. So full I
2: I enjoy uh, th- this series, and I, I'd watch them all again, no problem. But um, there's a clear decline for me from the fantastic first film to the to the end. And um, do you believe in code stories? Because you're in one. Whoa. I'm sorry, you brought Mind? that Barbosa line up. I've in never like three out of five episodes. You're in one. I'm and never going to give it up. It's too many. Nope. Okay. Um. Okay. Moving on to Brian. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, <laughs> thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um. So I, I, what I, I, I think this is. A, I think the the trilogy as a whole. Um, I, I think it, it it's a great Hollywood story in terms of what happens with a type of. Uh, creative project which is as we had mentioned the first one was like how did they get away with it I mean like th- like they pulled it off it's the fact that it was able to string together incredible action sequences to bring in a type of Gnostic Christianity and simulation theory and somehow pull it, like how do you green light that today with a unproven set of directors. It's just – it's not going to happen. It has happen. to be based on something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. It, it would have to – so like the, the, the improbability of us ever getting this today is well, just – at least the way – The probability we'll, of getting
2: this in 1999 was – uh, exactly. Well, well, exactly. Well, Brian,
0: fuck. You can make a make a movie about a murderous giving tree and a talking raccoon that shoots guns as long as it's part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, exactly. So.
3: Exactly, right. Right. but that's, yeah, that's, what, the, that's the base material, why are you right? So, Braley
2: Cooper. What, what? He's a good actor. So, I'm not hating on Braley Cooper. I'm hating on the tree. <laughs> it's a murderous <laughs> giving tree.
4: <laughs> oh boy. So, please,
0: so, so I'm like, sorry. For
3: I mean, th- that sorry. is, uh, and think about it, like uh, by by all accounts, like this is this is a great thing. But then, the, the, so this is the other part of like the the Hollywood experience, right? Which is then the hooks come in, which is. Now you gotta make a video game. Now you have to have this tie in with the uh even though the the anime was great. Yeah. Uh like now all of a sudden like I feel that, like that no, was more their
0: yeah. their personal fulfillment of a contractual obligation. Like, okay, we gotta make something It's like Let's work with all of our fucking but heroes who made, made, made this have,
3: shit. We have how many plates are spinning for the Wachowskis at this moment in that amount of time? So, from the moment they got the green light to make two and three, they had the video game to oversee, they had the animatrix, and who knows books. How, the comic books, all of these other things that they had MMO. the green light. Yeah, you know, all these things. So, one wonders. This is just a thought experiment. What happens if uh, if there's like instead we're, we're just going to film uh, Reloaded and then we're going to give a couple of let it breathe, marinate a little bit, and then we'll come back to uh, Revolutions. Could we have a different
0: product? Could it, could it have? And, and if we were given, but we the don't the structure that. would have been fundamentally different.
3: We we one would think, but because the time constraints and they weren't allowed, maybe the type of leash to tighten up the mythology to do all of if these you things. want
1: this. Then you have to do Yeah, this. we
3: have to make sure. And then that goes back to, like, hey, we're part of AOL Time Warner. We yeah. need to know that we can bank upon these receipts yep. coming in so we can mm-hmm. go back to the quarterly profits, back to our shareholders. That's why we got the shit that the, we did. Imagine. That. And, so, and, and, and that's a shame because aesthetically, I, I love – all of these movies. I mean, like even as much as I dump on Revolutions, um, that's just a matter of storytelling. And that's a matter of like, hey, we need someone to come in and tell us that our shit doesn't stink. We need someone to play the Emperor's New Clothes on this script. And they didn't get that. And yeah. I think that's why we got what we had. But aesthetically, stylistically, all of this stuff is still holds up. I love it. But story-wise,
2: it just falls apart. In terms of forcing uh, the, the trilogy on and, and forcing stories on, I want to say that studios and um, filmmakers have learned their lesson, but here we are on June 22nd, 2017. And we have people giving uh, directors keys to the kingdom and then taking them away uh, just this week with, with the, uh, the Han Solo film. Uh, And it's, so it, we had it, mentioned this before, yeah.
3: which is are the directors from the, the uh, Lego Han solo movie. movies will yeah, the Lego oh. movie or oh, yeah, will is that in the same line of what happened to the Fantastic Four? The the verb are, are they tranked? Trank
1: have they been tranked. is
3: is the Han Solo movie tranked? The difference is
1: here they're just not giving them a chance.
3: Yeah. The difference
0: yeah. here is that Josh Trank is a fucking asshole.
2: Well that's true too. But 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 what I guess what I'm getting at is Hi is gosh.
0: It, Hi, Josh. I really liked your one movie chronicle.
2: That was a good movie. It was a good movie. It feels like, to me at least, that that film has made progress, but then it really hasn't. So
1: no. I, I don't know. No, the corporization is Fucked. way more uh, intense. And uh,
0: Brian, uh, circling back to your um, hypothetical question of if they had more time to marinate and breathe, like imagine if. I don't mean to tangentialize too far. It's like, and this is more of just like a like a hypo- hypothetical, mm-hmm. like rhetorical question. Like, imagine if the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises came out within the same year. Imagine right, if, well, if, if imagine that if they were two halves of the Heath same. Heath Ledger
2: film. would have been in the third one.
0: I know. Yeah, that's Maybe. a damn shame. I mean, I mean, just I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean. That sounds silly, but at the I, same I, time, I know that's it's true. I, I, I mean, it's true. It's just like, man, there's there's some. That's that's a. <laughs> I, that's a lot deeper
2: than I thought. I, I thought it was going to be. Ooh.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean,
2: sound? you wouldn't have had this great thing happening to the city. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't have had Bane. Oh my but, god, we,
1: Tom Hardy never would have become a thing. That would have <laughs> been
2: amazing. I know how much you hate Tom Hardy. That's it. Right. Yeah. You still haven't seen Bronson, have you? I, don't I don't actually think, think you would like Bronson. I mean, we'll see. Quicker,
4: quicker, quicker, quicker! sign that fucking
2: Okay. I don't like Tom Hardy. I know you don't. Do you like any Tom Hardy? I know you kind of like Locke. I kind of like Locke. Mm-hmm. I Fuck! I kind of liked him in the drop, for whatever reason. You you actually, even though you hate it, you, not hate, well, you actually you didn't like it. You thought he was okay in The Revenant, right? Well, yeah, he was like the best part of that movie, yeah. but that's... Not saying much for you. No, for but for not. you, who's looking, or at least
1: for me, I, looking I for Tom Hardy I don't hate Tom things. Hardy, okay. but the idea that Tom Hardy is some kind of instant draw baffles me. No. He's not. Well, it, he is it, to some people. It's been clearly. shown that he's not, though. Well, I'm saying like he, people think he is. All
2: of his starring roles have been failures. I what
3: know he's supposed to be. He's he just hooked in some comic book movie. Which what what is it? It's
1: he's supposed to be. He, I'm Trying to think. Well, he was supposed to be in Suicide Squad. And then yes. Jai Courtney replaced him to the point where I thought Jai Courtney was Tom Hardy. So Which, that tells you everything no, no, no. you he's need to know. No, no, supposed
3: to be the guy who was RoboCop. I think he's supposed to be flagged. Guys, yeah. really? Oh, he was yeah.
1: supposed to be flagged? Uh-huh. But no, Jai Courtney so. seems like he was playing Tom Hardy. What he a, was, though.
0: What is this? A, what is this, a Matrix Reloaded?
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, you said
0: Suicide Squad, and I immediately thought that's that.
1: So. Why the fuck are you on
2: this podcast?
0: Because <laughs> I am the expert on the Matrix.
2: <laughs> are you? Uh... I think I Tom that. Hardy's probably going to make a comment. Anyways, <laughs> the- I, I, I don't oh, know. God. Tom Hardy's, he's, yeah, I don't know. hes He had his try and he, he didn't he didn't go too well.
1: You know what Tom Hardy should be casted in? The video of his birth and nothing else. <gasps>
4: Ooh! <Yeah>. Ooh! <laughs> they ran out of funding! You know, tea,
2: free! tea kettle over there? What? Tom Hardy's MySpace picks, though, are those really are the only to be good. It's cooking those are fucking the fucking turkey. It's something to be holding. Those hold. are the
1: only good pieces of art he's made. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, you're yeah, okay. So, anyways, fucking Savage. Um, if anyone out there has any feelings on the Matrix trilogy, or Tom Hardy, or Tom Hardy, we're gonna see Dunkirk. By the way, and Dunkirk, Venom.
1: Oh, he's yeah, gonna be bad. there. It is. That's, right. that's it. Yeah. I knew it. I'm not even going to comment on that because I have so many questions. Whoa, hold on a second. What no. is this? Oh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm, oh, you're, you're in mm-hmm. for it. You're, oh, okay. Okay. Uh,
3: upcoming projects. Yep. 2018. Venom. 2017. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Stormtrooper.
2: Okay, that's bullshit. Cool <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a Daniel good. Craig moment. He's probably oh, going to be yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah,
3: The Last Jedi, good. but they haven't figured uh, okay, out what. Okay, Dunkirk. Is. And then yeah. in production War Party In Development Mad Max Wasteland. Yeah. yeah Shackleton's not gonna get made. Shackleton. That's about the Antarctic uh, Antarctica explorer that kept all his men alive. Oh I don't know what true American is, the unreasonable Fonzo, he's gonna play Al Capone.
2: Ooh. Mm. Yeah. And that's all uh, I Okay. I actually think S- Dunkirk's gonna be a huge hit. Splinter but... cell. He's gonna there you go. Ugh.
1: He doesn't even that look is actually coming like out? Sam. Eh, we'll see. It was supposed to be a Bruce Willis thing. Which one? A Splinter Cell.
0: Hmm. No. Uh, Michael Ironside was originally signed on for that, but then a lot you of You know shit, who should be? A lot of shit has I'm
1: just saying, now that it's been too many years. Whatever, yeah. Corey Stoll should be a Splinter Cell. I don't know who the fuck Corey Stoll is. Corey Stoll is great. He Corey is, Stoll plays the looks, villain in Ant-Man. And he looks like the guy. Oh, hmm. uh,
0: okay. Anyways...
2: um. Care? I, think, I, I mean,
0: I, I said okay, I didn't say
2: no. We're going to talk about it in about a month, but I think I think Dunkirk's going to do really well at the theater. Because I really want to Chris-
1: see Dunkirk in 70mm. Dunkirk! Can we go see it? Only because I want to see any movie in 70mm. If Boss Baby came out in 70mm, I yeah. would take you guys to see Boss Baby. Okay, man, I would be, we, be
0: so fucking sick.
2: Can 70mm, can can man. Can we go out to see it or not? Sure. Okay. I think Dunkirk, just like almost every other Christopher Nolan film, is going to be a big hit. Yeah. And I, I think it's gonna be good. Too.
1: Interstellar wasn't that big though. It wasn't, but it was. And I say that was, as someone who's actually a fan of it now.
2: But the the audio on that, I, I think I think I think Dunkirk's gonna be really good. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. Anyway. Anyways, it's, it's done, is Dunkirk
3: the, the only thing he's done since Interstellar? Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. the first film. Okay.
2: Yeah. But it, the more I've thought about it, the more I feel like it's gonna be very good. We'll see. It could be shit. Could be. I think it'd be good. <laughs> So, if you have any thoughts on Tom Hardy, Dunker, yep. Christopher Nolan, or The Major's trilogy, Or Nipple Twisting. Thank you. Always feel free to send them on to us at FilmTankShow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at FilmTankShow. So, coming up on our next episode, uh, we're going to see another new film as we've done lots of, of new films this year, but... Uh, this is a film by a director who I know that, uh, that pretty much everybody around this table right now uh, is a huge fan of, and that is Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Sequel to Boss Baby.
1: I thought it was going to be a biopic of Adam Driver's early years.
0: I thought it was supposed to rope into the MCU. It
2: kind of does, but, you know.
1: Does it? I don't know. Mm Hmm. Not really. Is this the aborted Ant-Man script? Well... (laughs)
0: Is this like Proto Ant Man? This is before he becomes Ant Man. He's
1: a baby. He's so small.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <kind> oh <of laughs> no! Nick. I mean, obviously, this is Edgar Wright's first film since that incident. So, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see what it is. And uh, obviously, it's got a, an interesting cast with uh, both the guy from Fault in Our Stars, and then also so Yeah, and the guy from Mad Men.
4: Yeah, John Ham. and yeah.
0: the guy from you Django You Guys Know anybody?
2: And the guy from Django.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And the guy, Jimmy Fox? And oh, the okay. guy from The Usual Suspects, and the guy from Seven, and the guy from House of Cards. And the girl the from Cinderella. Same
1: guy. Downton Abbey, come on.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't watch that.
2: Thank you, Tucson. I'm sorry. So anyways, uh, coming up next week, talking about Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. <laughs> All right, so... Anytime you want to, you can always find our episodes on FilmTankShow.com dot com or also on iTunes or Stitcher as well. Thank you very much to Brian Turnbaugh for joining us again, as he's uh, one of our favorite guests. And uh, and
1: thank I, you to Toussaint for joining us for his last episode. It was honestly <laughs> it's been a great,
3: great run. It was an honor
1: to have you. Here. It was. It's
2: been a good run, guys. It's. I've actually thought about this because I looked back yesterday. No, no, no. no. I looked back at all of our episodes and I was like, God, what, what, how, what episodes have we done? I mean, I hit the really obscure ones like Good Luck, Miss Wyckoff, Chappie, but I got all the way back to number one, which was Keynesman, which Toussaint was absent from. And... There's no way we're not going to not do the Kingsman sequel. Well, yeah, of course. And that
1: Tucson was- can't <laughs> join us. Yeah, Fuck say. you! <laughs> <laughs> just, he would never understand it. You know, I watched the damn movie. I wasn't here for the so episode. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just too hard, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's something to look forward to later this fall, as I'm sure it'll be a horrible film, but uh, at least a fun, nostalgic episode for us here at it's, Film Tank.
1: You can stick it in you stick
2: you So, thank you again to Brian Turnbow and as always to Sant, Egan, Nick Cheney, myself, Alex Diekman. Thank you to the listener for catching up here with us at Film
4: Tank. We'll catch up with you next time. <laughs>